audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Caville of Dr. Caville's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www. SlowBurnWaco.com. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working standard protection that's never not working head and shoulder scalp shield technology it's never too early to plant the seed to share the tradition and instill a sense of pride in your hbcu with your little ones hbcu pride and joy children's boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite hbcu visit hbcupridejoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network.
All right, all right. Uh, hello, welcome to another edition, another episode of the BCSN Sports Wrap. As you can see, it's just me, Brian Fulford, right now, as my co-host, A.D. Drew. I don't know. You know, I know eventually he will show himself, uh, you know, dealing with a few technical difficulties. Uh, so I'm not going to I'm not going to rip. I'm not going to rip my guy Drew a little too hard, um, even though, you know, we kind of push back the start time a little bit uh, and, and we still aren't able to get going. So uh, but anyway, uh, it's a pleasure to be on with another live show here on a Sunday night. Uh, happy Mother's Day. Uh, first off to to all the uh, to all the mothers out there to to all the uh, aunties the grandmothers uh, the uh, the fill-in moms the stepmoms all of the all of the above um, sports moms the, the teacher moms all anybody who is any any woman who has poured into you, especially us, us men, any woman who has poured in and boys growing up, any woman who's poured into us, uh, we are most appreciative and thank you. And we say happy mother's day to you. Uh, prayers out to those of you who I've, I'm part of that club, uh, of those who have lost their mom. Uh, so, you know, those of you without mom, you know, my, my thoughts are with you. And we're all praying for one for one another and our friends, but 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 we got plenty of other moms in our lives that we can pour our uh, our thanks and appreciation into. So I'm I'm personally appreciative of my aunts and uh, and and everything they have poured into me, my sister, and uh, my dad. And so uh, with that said, I think uh, AD Drew is is ready. Drew, how you doing, man? I check one two. Can you hear me, my brother? Well, I can hear you. You must have went to one of them schools like Hillman, huh? Which one of the schools like what? Well, anyway, how you doing, Drew? I see you got the Hillman shirt on today. As you as you continually, I, I don't, Drew, explain to me how how can we start the show an hour late and you still not be ready an hour late? I I'm just trying to ex- help me understand that. That's all I'm trying to figure out. I'm not going well, to be too bad, but I'm just trying to understand. I I thought I saw ish o'clock on the email that you sent me earlier today. <laughs> that's that's bull ish. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, had, I I went to log in and I had some some connectivity issues. Uh, you know, I had some connectivity issues on Wednesday when I filled in for you on the OG. and I was like, the hell with it. I'm just going to reboot this thing. And anyway. Yeah, you ought to just consider that. Just reboot every time, like you know. But maybe reboot like thirty minutes before showtime, or ten minutes before showtime, or whatever. You know, it is. That, what it that is. would actually make sense, Brian. But you know, I'm, I go by the beat of a different drum. Yeah, you, you do. Yes, you do. Uh, but it's good. To, good to have you on. Good to see you, man. Um, shout out to uh, everybody who's uh, you know caught up with the with the late start time. Hello, Tamara T, David Garner, Jeremiah Clark. Thank you all for being the first ones to jump in on the chat feed. We need everybody coming in. Uh, we can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, at my 
Podcast number one. You can download that Jericho Broadcast Network app and you'll see up there on the Google Play and Apple App Store. You search my name. Right. Brian, I don't know if it's me, but your volume just went real low. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 working with a new microphone. I'm working with a new microphone, so yeah, my because yeah. it's going it's going in and out. Yeah, that's that's not surprising. It's not surprising. So volume is going to be an issue. I try to keep my hands off of it as best as well. Hope it stays in. Uh, coming up a little bit later in the second hour of the show, Charles Edmonds of the Alcorn State Sports Radio Network is going to join us. Of course, Charles called, I believe, I believe Drew, Charles called every game of the SWAT softball tournament. He called every game that I watched. Yeah, every time I flipped on, he called it. Uh, and most of them by himself, if not all of them by himself. Yeah, so I mean, for for us, you know, uh, you and I, we both dabble into the into the world of play by play, broadcasting, color commentating. I'm curious about what he, what his regiment is for for keeping a good a good voice. Uh, what kind of tips and tricks of the trade maybe he can share with us? Uh, yeah, Jeremiah, the old mic is lost. Uh, you know, I uh, say go back to the <laughs> Jeremiah's like, go back to the old mic. Yeah, the old mic, I think I left it in Albany somewhere. Uh, and so I've had to, <laughs> I've had to, I've had to, I've had to make an adjustment to, uh, to another microphone. So, Brian, if you order tonight, you'll have it for Wednesday show via Amazon, whatever mic he was using. Yeah, I, I was I was being cheap and didn't want to order another one, Drew. But I, I may just have to do that. You're, you're you're no lie. I may have to go back and and do that. Uh, yeah, so I have a new a new mic. I'm trying to turn the volume up. You know, I'm trying to do what I can here, folks. So, but I appreciate you guys bearing with me. Uh, and and always, you know, it's always one thing over here. You know, I get the internet issue resolved, and then I somehow end up with microphone issues. So. You know, damned if you do, damned if you don't around these parts. Um, that's all I can that's all I can really add. So yeah. Uh Mary 305, happy Mother's Day to you as well. Um yeah, so hey, uh my, my mother shooting me off this morning when I tried to call her. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. And and yeah. I quote. I'm on my way out the door to church. I will talk to you later. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I purposely avoided emailing a couple of my aunts or texting or calling uh, because I figured a couple of them might be on the way to church. So I was just like, you know what? Let me not because I probably won't get a reply back or or a call. So I, you know, just I just kind of knew that was... Uh, that was there um yeah so uh drew we got a you know a lot of interesting stuff we're we're as i told you as i told you off offline here we're in that point of the year where the end of the softball season is here the baseball season is coming to a close although we can hear um the end of the month you know but i i think what we're, we're going to have to really load up on our football 
content. You know, our summer, our, our summer get ready for football. Because, you know, we got about eight, nine weeks. And I think we can do about eight to nine different topics that I think people might be interested in as it relates to football. Plus, it'll give us something to chat about. When Now, you know, are, are, you, are you prepared to go all in like that? Honestly, no. <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. I'm, pre- I'm prepared to get through the SWAC baseball tournament, see what our SWAC and BAC softball teams do in the NCAAs, uh, we got a little bit of track and field left out there. Then I'm prepared to take a, a, a small vacation and then come back in mid-June as we start getting prepared for media days. I believe SIAC will be first up when it comes to media days. And then start the start the process then around mid-June. But I understand content understand what drives content what drives fandom among hbcu folk that being football so i i am more than willing to be the company man and play my role and do my research but today ain't that day i got no no i i got you i got you all right all right What's this about a vacation? What what now you you let me know now if we need to schedule a an off day where you know you, you plan on being at the beach cuz that that's the thing we only do once a week and because we do our show Sunday either we're going to have to do our show in advance and pre-record it or we start getting special guests as you and I take time off during the summer, you know. We kept the show going the last two weeks and we haven't done a show. This is our first show in the month of May. It is. You're right. Actually, You're right. We didn't do a show the last week of April, and we didn't do the show the first week of May. Together, we did the show, but we weren't together. Right. And I did it. Uh, you did it one week, and I did it next, the, uh, the following week. And right. the, the irony is, we were together on the ONG Strike Zone on your other show that you do. When yeah. I filled in for you, and then you, you came in tardy on that show. Yeah. Playing tardy, though. That was ugly. So, all right. So let, let let's this, and we probably need to start thinking about plan vacations or plan guest host and other stuff like that. All right, just keep that in the back of the mind. Um, let's let's uh, let's let's start with. I know we're gonna have Charles Edmund on a little bit later, and he's gonna be talking about. Uh, we're gonna get into SWAC softball, but but let's let's start over with the MIAC softball uh, tournament. Because uh, North Carolina Central won their school's first ever MEAC softball championship this past weekend. Um, and actually, you know, they they actually had to do it. They were the three seed going into the tournament. They actually had to do, they had to play the, the if necessary game. But they managed to get it done. And uh, by beating Coppin State, who was the five seed. So they they had to play Coppin State in the championship game. So in the championship game, Drew, you had a three versus a five. And um, North Carolina Central had not lost going into the game. 
Uh, Coppin State beat them in game one by a score of six to five. Then they had to go into the if necessary game, winner take all. Um, North Carolina Central wins by a score of six to two. But as you go back and look at this tournament, Drew, because I'll admit I watched very little of it, and I bet you watched very little of it. If you watched very little of it, Brian, you watched more than I did of the tournament. Because I watched none of it. I, I, I was watching the Swag softball tournament. Honestly, I totally forgot. I don't even know where the VAC tournament was on at. Shame on me for that. I don't know if it was on YouTube or, or whatever. I was watching the Swag softball tournament and other sporting events. You know what? That's a good question. I know the game. I know they they were played at Norfolk State. Norfolk State was the host. Um, well, Norfolk hosts everything when it comes to VIA. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, I don't know if it was streamed online. If anybody out there who watched knows whether it was streamed on the MIAC, uh website or on their YouTube page, please comment. Um, but the number one seed going in was Morgan State. They lost on the opening night to Coppin by a score of two to one. And then Central defeated the host and two school two seed Norfolk State seven to four. So in the first night, you had the the one and the two seed get knocked out or knocked into the elimination bracket. Uh, and then just as easy as, as they went to the elimination bracket. They were gone the next night as six seed Maryland Eastern Shore defeated the one seed Morgan State 11 to seven. So Morgan State gone in two games. They were the regular season champions, gone in two games. You know what Howard we call that, def- Brian? Huh? You know what we call it? What do we call that? Two and barbecue. Two and barbecue? Two and barbecue. <laughs> uh, well, uh, also, Norfolk State didn't have to go far. When they lost the number four seed Howard, uh, Howard, you know, who had lost their opening game to Coppin State. Uh, and so, you know, like I said, um, you know, t- uh, two and done, two and done. Um, then uh, Central defeated Coppin State for the first time. That was the first meeting between North Carolina Central and Coppin. They beat them 10 to 1. Uh, and then Coppin went on to defeat Howard by a score of three to nothing to advance to the championship game. Um, and then, like you said, then you end up with a North Carolina Central Coppin championship game and then the if game as well. So uh turned out to be North Carolina Central's first, first championship um, they finished the regular season 19 and 33. So magic, any, you know, and Coppin State's record was 16 and 28, Drew. So, I mean, look, it just so happened, you know, you catch lightning in a bottle. Uh, the outstanding performer was Jaden Davis of North Carolina Central. Uh, Kat Trevin was the outstanding coach of the tournament. And now North Carolina Central will await the NCAA uh, selections, which are going on today, matter of fact, Drew. 
right now, the NCAA softball tournament field is being selected. So uh, we'll kind of keep an eye out and see where North Carolina Central goes with that. We'll also kind of find out where Prairie View A&M, Prairie View A&M, the uh, back-to-back SWAC softball champs um, went. Uh, Dot chimes in and says, only the championship games were streamed on ESPN Plus for the MIAC. The other tournament games had the stat cast. <laughs> I eat live stats. Live stats. Uh, I don't know what to make of this. Russell Haynes drops in. The MIAC don't sell the culture out. Don't sell. I guess you're saying don't sell the culture out like the SWAT must pay. I, I don't know. You know, Russell, if you want to clarify what you're really trying to say, but you're not saying, you know, feel free, Russell. I mean, it, you know, we all family here. We all family. I mean, you know, you ain't gonna hurt. We're not, we, we, the MIAC's not in our pocket. So, you know, you can say what you want to say. I don't, I don't get the, you know, I, 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 I don't, I don't, I'm not even going to try to guess and imply what he might be saying there. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, Jeremiah Clark. Wild Earth, can a conference live stream an entire championship tournament? Great questions. Great question, you know. I mean, we're talking, how many games was it again, total? If you're talking a... 11 six, games. 16 tournament, I'll give you math for you. Oh, okay. Now, I got I got it pulled up. I'm going to save you from doing the math. 11 games. Okay. And the most they did on any one day was four. Yeah. That was on the first night. First Wednesday. Day. First day, Wednesday. Did three on the second day, four, two three, on the third day, three, and, and two. Four, and, three, one, two, two. and one plus a maybe on the last day, and they ended up yeah. doing two on Saturday. Yeah, four, three, two, two. Yeah. I, I don't know. You know, um... I don't want to go on. It's too early in the show to go on any rants about uh, <laughs> about that kind of stuff, to be honest with you. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure it's disappointing. I'm sure it's disappointing. Um, 2023. Uh, let's jump over to the SWAC real quick, Drew. As, again, um, Preview claims the uh, softball tournament in Gulfport, Mississippi, uh, they defeated Grambling with a walk-off single in the seventh inning by Destiny Smith to win eight to seven. Grambling was the winner out of the elimination bracket, um, and so you get back-to-back tournament titles for Preview A&M, who, from a softball perspective, drew. Uh, finished regular season 27 and eight. I believe I'm going to look at their standings here. I believe it was, yeah, 22 and two. Uh, 22 and two was their, was their final regular season record. Um, nobody, nobody else in the SWAC had 20 wins going in, uh, to the tournament, uh, clearly by far and away, the best team. Um, can you can you guess who the two losses were against, Drew? Any any thoughts? Two losses in conference. 
Texas Southern. Two different teams. Bing. Wow. Yeah, there you go. One right off right. the bat. Right, right, right. Uh, okay. Yeah, the, the very last and conference probably, game. I believe it was the very probably. last conference game of the uh, season they played. Yes. And I'm going to guess Grambling, maybe. Wow, Drew, you 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 must have looked into this. And I'm not looking at it. I am not looking at it. Okay. Yeah, they they lost to Grambling uh, nine to one back in April, uh, the second of a doubleheader. Uh, yeah, TSU and Grambling. That was it. Pretty much dominated. Now, you know, um, like I said, one of the questions that we're gonna get into talking with. Uh, with Charles about, and I'm, you know, we're, we're, we're also going to talk about baseball here in a second, but I'm going to apply this next comment, Drew. Oh, let me, let me ask this. How do you like the format as it currently stands for, for these? And I know you guys talked about a little bit about changing the format and things. And I got some thoughts on that based on what you guys were talking about last year, which is kind of what spurred, some of my comments going, but are I, so re re go back for me and just reiterate your thoughts. Are you in favor of this model for the contract? I mean, for the uh, for for the MIAC and SWAC? Are you in favor of the current double elimination format? I like the double elimination format. I actually like what BX Softball did by going with a 16 instead of an 18. The more games you play in baseball and softball, there's nothing that can happen that's good. You get behind in your pitching, you get behind in, you know, yoke yourself up to injuries and things like that. Um, Although I understand why they want more teams at the tournament because it is a reward to the students, you know, not everyone gets a, only one team gets to go to the national tournament, but everyone has the opportunity to go to the conference tournament. And if the conference tournament is truly more than just a game, you know, we see it with the crossovers where people just playing, that's that's not a real tournament. Conference tournament should be something special. If your conference tournament is something special, yeah, you would love to reward more teams, but it's a reward. It's not like swag football where you have where the best team gets rewarded with home field advantage. There is no advantage, there is no incentive for you winning the baseball or softball regular season. The reason I want to uh, go with some type of odd where the first teams get a buy is to reward those teams who go through and play and earn the top seed in their division and or the conference or the top two seeds. Also, if we should have a team, Brian, that has a chance not to be the number eight seed in whatever region that we in. A one, and that one seed wins the conference tournament. A one-eight batch up in your conference tournament hurts your strength of schedule. We already know we're coming in with a weak 
strength schedule. So anything that we can do not to further damage our strength of schedule, I'm in favor of it. Yes, I know. It's about the conference tournament for us. It's not about the Nationals. But damn it, one day we're going to have a team that's going to have a chance. I'm, uh, th- those are my basic reasons. <laughs> All right. Um, the I, I heard you talk about making it a reward. Yes. Okay. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that thought in mind. And I want you to keep that thought in mind as you hear my my idea for a change into what these tournaments would do. Now, you pointed out the MIAC only going to six. Obviously, they have, they have eight softball teams playing, um, and they only go with the top. Uh, they go with the top six. Um, so it's excuse me. So essentially, the one and two got to buy. Yes. Which is kind of interesting. The one and two got a buy, and, and they, they lost. They, they, they lost. Yeah, they lost. So, and, 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 and that's the flip side of having that buy. The other team has momentum. But here's the question: I have in those one and two seeds losing, Brian, especially in baseball. Did they throw off, or did they throw the number one? Oh yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a great question. I and I, and I, I don't follow VX softball enough to know whether that was the case. Yeah, I heard I heard that strategy mentioned in the uh, SWAC tournament. All the state, the all the state did it in the SIAC tournament. Okay. They threw off. All right. And Savannah did it last year in the SIAC tournament. And it cost them. They lost that opening round game. Yeah, I, I don't. I think it depends on your your pitching. Um, I'm, I'm thinking in in terms of baseball wise, if you don't have a strong pitching staff, like if you're two and three, really haven't been strong much of the year. I could see throwing off. You know, I I could see throwing off in game one and then coming with your ace at the beginning of round two. And I've got a counter argument today. I, I, the count. Well, for me, I, the, what I was going to say, the, the flip side to that is the sooner you pitch your one, the more That's likely you going. are to have him, him back, back in the champion, potential championship game but, or, or, or last game. or last day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Whereas if you pitch him as the two, you know, are you really sending him eight innings? Say you're hoping that he does quick work uh, against against somebody. You know what I'm saying? That that's kind of what you're hoping. So, yeah, yeah, that, that that's the case. The quicker the quicker you start him, the quicker you can get him back. Which yeah. brings up which brings up another point. But I, I'm gonna let you get yours in before I come back with this. One. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. I, I got you. So I, I think what what I what I I'm gonna go again. Go back to the word reward. Now, if this is a reward, because as we're gonna find out in this softball field, right, that they're gonna throw probably North Carolina Central into whoever the number one overall team is in this tournament. 
they're gonna throw them into that. They're gonna throw them into that bracket without it. You know, now Prairie View might might catch a break and have to go against maybe a two or a three seeded type team. They they'll be the, they'll be the number one against the fourth and number one. Yeah, um, yeah, and then when we and when we take a break, we'll kind of you know take a look at the top uh, seeds on where where the brackets uh, might go and see if we can start to find out where where schools are being seated. But but I I thought you know Drew here's a thought instead of playing a double elimination tournament, what would a tournament look like if it were set up in sort of a FIFA style pool pool into pool play pool to a knockout pool play to a knockout tournament where imagine you have four from you know four teams playing sort of a three game guaranteed uh, again you get two pools of four you've got the eight, uh, everybody plays three games. The top two seeds go to a single elimination semi, uh, one game semi, and then the winner goes to, you know, championship. Um, so, so you're playing, so you're playing a three, two, two 14 round robins to get down, which means you play three games. So the 14 round robin, you play three, you play, you get three games in. Right. Then you you do that to eliminate two teams on each side and you take the top you take the top two yep. from from bracket A and bracket B. Pool A, pool B. Yep. A one plays B two and B one plays A two. Yes. And then championship game. Winner shall be. And, and and I'm assuming that championship game is a winner take all also with no if. One game winner take winner all. Take all. One game, winner, take off. So and, and, you would you would be looking at five games to a championship. Yes, but what you're what you're also but but there are teams who are already doing that. There are teams in the current model that are playing five, maybe six. It's, in 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 a in an eighteen double elimination, the minimum number of games you can play to win a championship is four, and that's if you go through undefeated in an eighteen right. double. Right, one team and only one team, one team is doing that to play four. Right, the, the minimum number of games that the other team in the championship game can play is five, and I say exactly. minimum, yeah, because if because if they come back and win and force the if game, that means they're at six and the other teams are at five. Exactly, right, Brian. I might be on the sub. And, and look, I'm gonna throw. Let me give you another caveat here. Watch this. Watch this. Okay, this is set up good for one. You're celebrating your conference and your baseball teams because you're giving them three days. That so let's just say a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Okay, so you get a chance to be. Let's just imagine the SWAC tournament this upcoming year is playing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday in Atlanta. You got a chance three days to see your team. In, in healthy competition, which right? Is what, which is the format they are using now anyway. Right, exactly. And then what it does is then it breaks down for a great Saturday where you take, you know, two semifinal games and then you have a, and then you have a good Sunday, you know? 
and, and you can even pair it. And how how would it be paired? So you have east and west divisions, right? I well, you keep the brackets like they are now, because yes, the, the way the swag does, they break them up into two brackets, and the brackets shall never cross. It's essentially two fourteen brackets, right now. You keep that format instead of making it into a double elimination. You make it into a round. I understand where you're going with that. All right, just thought. Hey, uh, you you had a, you had a counter or you had a, you had another idea. Let's take a break real quick, and then come back with that uh, with your thoughts on that on the other side of this uh, short little two-minute break. You guys hang tight with us. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back in just a moment. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? <laughs> oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. <laughs> Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. Um, thanks for everybody tuning in and watching us out on uh, the various streams, uh, YouTube, YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitter, wherever you're at watching us. We appreciate you coming in, joining us. Uh, shout out to a few people. Uh, in the chat rooms that have jumped in, uh, I, Dr. Cavill's in there, uh, Jeremiah Clark, uh, Russell Haynes, Chuck Hunt. 
from uh, Monroe, Louisiana. Good evening and happy Mother's Day, uh, Chuck, to the uh, special ladies in your life. James Knox uh, jumping in. EA jump in with some interesting comments. We'll try to I, I put a little star by that, Drew. We, yeah, we'll come back. Was, I want to answer that one. Address that here in a moment. Uh, Edwin Moore, we say hello uh, to you if we haven't already. Coming up in the stop of hour two, it'll be uh, Charles Edmond joining us, Alcorn State Sports Radio. We'll talk more about the SWAC softball tournament as well as SWAC baseball as well. Um you want to get to the question from EA Drew, or do you want to go into your? You had a comment you wanted to jump in before we went to the commercial. Brian, I think uh, I think I actually got the comment in. The only thing that I want to say is, under your format, I would like to see an additional day added. Play your play your round robin, but let's do that. Let's say Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, take take Friday off, and then you come back Saturday and Sunday. Especially in baseball, that would allow your pitching to reset, so that you go into your semifinal with your one and your two available. Now it's up to you as coach to figure out if you're going to start your number one on Saturday or your number two on Saturday. But by giving that extra off day, you could potentially have your one and your two available for the, the championship. And it will allow you to get potentially your best team to come out of your conference. Can, uh, look, I, I'm thinking cost, but I mean, is that one extra day going to make a difference cost wise? It, it's going to be an additional cost, and, and then you, so you get into: Do you want potentially the best team to represent your conference going forward? What is the value of that representation, not only to that school that is going, but to your conference as a whole? Okay. Um, all right. It's, uh, we'll talk a little bit more here. Um, we're well. Let's let's remember. At, at this point, school's out. So let me let me just say that part. I saw a couple of people talk about students. School school in school is out. School's out. The, the, I, I the mean, swag swag baseball. Well, not just swag baseball. Baseball in general is these these institutions are paying not only for the lodging. They finally moved the ones who are on campus. They moved them all into one dorm. That's right. usually how that goes, and they're they're having to provide meals for for those teams. But that is that is well within your budget. Yeah. All right. Um, let's answer this question here, Drew, uh, from EA. Uh, does baseball require a higher sports budget versus basketball? With three game and three day travel schedules and larger rosters, but they aren't, uh, or but they are little to no revenue generators. Naturally, baseball is going to require a larger budget 
because you have more people on the roster. Not sure what the roster limit is on the division one level, but there is a roster limit for baseball and softball for the tournament. I believe for on the division two level, I believe the roster limit is 25. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that division one is around that number, maybe one of a couple of more, maybe 28, but I know it's no more than, than 30. So depending on how you do your rooms, whether you do two per room or four per room, because on the smaller schools tend to do three or four per room versus your division ones that do two per room. So yeah, obviously you're talking, you're talking meals, additional two meals per day because meal number one is going to be in the hotel, two to three meals per day, uh, plus the snacks that they have in the in the dugout because yeah they have they have a goodie stash in the dugout where they have the fruit the protein bars and things like that so yeah there is an additional cost with the biggest of those costs that cost being the hotel bill but this time of the year you have an additional bill no matter if those kids are on campus or if those kids are in a hotel because you have to, out of your budget, if they are on scholarship, you are paying for their lodging or a portion of their lodging because they still have to have their place on campus. So that's it. And as far as the student athletes go, in addition to college, these kids, baseball players know they have to pay for college. No baseball player gets a full scholarship. So they know they are coming out of the pocket for something unless they're getting that that large amount of academic money to go along with their athletic money. I hope I answered that question. Uh, Brian, uh, you got anything you want to throw in there on top of that? Um, I, I, do, th- I do think there is a factor that um... – Uh, I, I, well, I, you know what, Drew, I, I, I don't have a, I don't have a solid answer because if I'm doing the math here, I'm, I'm trying to take in the fact that with basketball, you have more travel. Um, basketball is a different type of travel. The travel yeah, is it's a different. It's a different type. The of basketball travel. is about the, the travel is about the same baseball, softball. You go post up in the city. You're there two to three days, depending on the schedule. Basketball, you go to a city. Let's take a Friday, Monday uh, series of basketball. You're you're leaving Friday, going to whatever city you're going to. You stay at the that hotel. You possibly have a shoot around Friday and or Saturday morning. You've got your game Saturday afternoon, and you're off to uh, to the next city to arrive in the next city Saturday night. You're going to be there Saturday night and Sunday night. And then Monday, you play your game Monday night, and then you're back on the road heading back to campus to be in class Tuesday morning. That's your typical Thursday, but I mean, your typical Saturday, Monday travel schedule. Well, 
baseball to softball, if you're on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday schedule, you're leaving out Thursday, after class on Thursday, arriving Thursday night, hotel Friday, hotel Saturday, hotel Sunday, and then you're coming back Sunday night. So, so as far as days in a hotel, it's exactly the same, Brian, basketball to baseball and softball. And if you have conferences or schools that are doing double headers, you're actually one less day in baseball and softball than you are in basketball in the hotels. Um, I'm going to pull up a particular HBCU's athletic budget from this past year, and I'm going to tell you exactly uh, to answer that question. Uh, this is a SWAC school, by the way. Uh, so the operating budget for this SWAC school, this is a championship SWAC baseball program. I want that to be known. Total baseball operating budget was uh, just over half a million dollars, 568637 Now that's including salaries, travel, supplies, and scholarships. Okay. Um, for men's basketball, it was at 830262 That included salaries, related benefits, travel, which was twice as much, fewer supplies, scholarships were about the same. So travel was twice as much for basketball. It was basketball. Then baseball. Baseball. For this particular SWAC school. I, women's basketball was okay. also women's basketball was seven hundred seventy nine thousand eight hundred seven. So does that does that answer the question? Yeah. Can I ask one question about yes. that travel budget, though, Brian? And, and sure. without 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 answer, do you know if that school has its own fleet of buses or leasing buses? I don't know that. Okay. Because that makes a difference in the travel budget. I will say they have a $1.2 million travel budget in their operating expenditures. And in terms of revenue, basketball from ticket sales, they expect 75000 with 375,000 from guarantees. So you're talking what? 450,000? There's no assumption of anything. Oh, excuse me. I take that back. Baseball revenues from ticket sales 15,000. Well, I know what school, I know what school it ain't. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Florida A&M. <laughs> Oh, stop. Yes. No, that is not. I do not have their operating budget in front of me. <laughs> no, but it is a swag school. So we narrowed it down to 11. I won't put them out there, but I'll just say. I do, that, like uh, I said, I know it's school today. That's who it is. Um, okay. I got some softball news, Drew. I have the bracket for the 2023 D1 softball championship and women's college world series. 
Okay. Now, of course, so softball starts off in their what are called regionals, four-team regionals. There are 16 regionals. The top team from each regional in a double elimination format goes on to the super regionals. Where they play a best of three against another winner from another regional. Okay. You with me so far? Yes, sir. Okay. North Carolina Central is playing in a regional alongside. Oh, let me backtrack. They also have the top 16 top 16 teams are ranked or rated. Okay. I think ranked. And I have to look at the host locations real quick. And I can tell you whether uh, this seed is a host or not. But it looks like North Carolina Central is in a quad with number 14, Georgia, Boston University, and Virginia Tech. And if I'm not mistaken, Georgia... I'm trying to get a feel for it here. I'm kind of doing a little bounce back and forth here to try to see if Georgia is actually the uh, host or not. I'll look for that in a second. Okay, so those of you who are interested, that's where North Carolina Central. How about Prairie View? Prairie View is in a regional with Omaha, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, and LSU out of the SEC. Now, by my count, I don't see any of those teams being ranked, but if I had to guess, I would guess it's LSU is the ranked team, but I don't I don't know for sure here. I'm, I'm kind of... I'm going to see if I can figure it out here looking at the softball um, bracket here. Um, And these games begin this Friday, May 19th through Sunday, May 21st. Then they go to the Super Regionals, begin Thursday, May 25th, and go all the way through Sunday, May 28th. The Women's College World Series takes place Thursday, June 1 through Friday, June 9th. Uh, care to comment, Drew? Any, any, any comments? I just hope we're not doing barbecue. I just hope we get one in both of, the, both of these teams. But if I had to put my money on one team that's going to get some something in, I'm going to put my money on Prairie. Yeah. Um, oh my God, how hard is this to pull up? I'm trying to pull up the actual the preview when any out of conference games. A great question by uh, Jeremiah. Uh, they did win six. I mean, they their overall record was. 28 and something and they uh they won 22 a 22 conference game so yeah some of them were from out uh 
Okay, Baton Rouge, Louisiana is a site. So LSU is the host school. And where did I say Central was playing? Georgia? Georgia's a host school. So... Uh, LSU is the number 10th seed. So again, the Baton Rouge Regional consists of LSU, who's the number 10 ranked team, Omaha, Louisiana, and Prairie View. Prairie View is the four, so they have to probably play LSU in the opening round. Opening game. Of course, right? Of course. (laughs) In the Athens Athens Regional, Georgia is a 14 14 seed. Then you also have Boston University, Virginia Tech, and Central. Central will have to play Georgia in the first round, of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. So uh, there's that for those of you who wanted to know. Um, but still, good luck to the uh, to both Central and to uh, Prairie View. And I, I will say this, um, Jeremiah asked a question about preview wins and losses. I, I noted this earlier. They have a they played some very close games against teams. Um, you know, yeah, there's a couple of games where they, you know, got beat up on. But there were some games where preview played within a run or two of some teams and very surprised that um I don't know. I just like I said, going into the going into the SWAC tournament, there there's you know, 28 and 18 is their final record. This is gonna be an interesting team. I'm gonna I'll be interested to talk to Charles and kind of find out what he thinks their chances are uh in the uh of possibly winning a game. You know, that that's what we're talking about. Can they win a game? You know, if they get past LSU, if they if they were to happen to lose to LSU in the first game, you know, is there an opportunity where, say, maybe they could beat a Omaha or Louisiana, you know, who they might have to face in the elimination round? Yeah. So. Um, right. Uh, one other thing we're talking about ball sports. Uh, epic game last night, 1980 classic between Albany State and Florida Memorial. Florida Memorial defeated Albany State by a final score of five to four in 19 innings. 19 innings. Wow. Score was score was tied at three after six innings. Both teams scored a run in the 17th inning before Florida Memorial finally uh, won in the 19th inning. So just just had to get that uh, little bit of piece of news out there. Yeah, uh, five hours and four minutes was uh, that game. Uh, between Florida Memorial and Albany State, um, be interested to see. Uh, I, I don't think. Uh, well, what, what we'll talk about this on our. Do we have our rankings and our polls all set up, Drew? Yeah, 
accept until you uh, pre-show. All right. So I'll I'll interested uh, to see what the computers have to say about that game. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and um, those couple of games that were played this week. Any of those teams have opportunities? I know NEIA is coming up. This none month. of those none of those teams uh, will be going on to postseason to national postseason play. Okay, so season's over. Season's over. So when when we reveal the rankings tonight, that will reveal our national champion. In, oh, really? In baseball, yes. There are no more Division Two baseball games. You said you sent this. Okay. You didn't see the slides, obviously. You just, you just, uh, you sent them new. You sent them new to me, huh? Yes. Okay, because the one slide. You should have. You should have. You should have two series of slides for me. All right. You didn't do this in Google Slides like I asked you to do. You did as yes, a. Yes, I did. No, uh, it, you should have a Google Slides link also. I don't have that, but anyway, okay. I will look for it. We're we'll talking during the break. Yeah. All right. Let's get ready to take a break. Charles Edmond is on the other side. And we got a lot of talk to Charles about. Charles did a lot of talking this week. Maybe he's we'll tired. Keep short, Charles. Maybe he's tired of talking. I don't know. But Charles is a professional talker of sports. So uh <laughs> we'll 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 pick his we'll pick his brain about all things related to softball and even start uh tapping into his mind about baseball coming up here on the other side uh give us a couple of minutes we'll be back you're watching the uh bcsn sports wrap brian and ad here we'll be back in just a moment time to call a credit repair company to fix my credit hold the phone man you can do it yourself with credit versio that's way too hard call the credit repair company most credit repair companies only work on one or two accounts at a time making it slow and expensive you won't figure that out for months <laughs> ignore him credit versio's brilliant software scans all three credit bureaus finds the accounts that are hurting your score and guides you through the entire process anyone can do it let's fast forward and see the results <laughs> wow i fixed my own credit and saved hundreds you can do this visit creditversio.com T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us.
Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Rat. Brian and AD here. I uh, want to encourage you guys to hit the thumbs up button wherever you're watching the show at. And uh, joining us now, it's a pleasure to be joined by Charles Edmond, the voice of Allcorn State Sports Radio, also the voice of continuous coverage of the SWAC softball tournament from Gulfport, Mississippi. Uh, Charles, now I heard you. Well, first off, good evening, Charles. How are you doing? Good evening, Brian and AD. Good job on the coverage of the Black College World Series. I want to give you all a shout out as well. You know, that's that's not easy doing all of those games and wall-to-wall coverage. I can say it from Gulfport, and I was in Montgomery with you guys, I think, for the inaugural. So it's never an easy task, but we love doing it. Yes, so, we had a great year. I, hold on, Drew. Hold on, stop. We had a great year in 2022 calling those games. So we appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. We didn't do them in 2023, though, Charles. See, I didn't say all that, Drew. I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to thank Charles for 2022 and keep moving. That's it. Yeah, Charles, my roommate, uh, was that 2022? No, that was 2021 when we, when we, uh, when we were together. Yeah. Had a lot of fun. But, yeah, S- we did the we did the SIC baseball. We did the SIC tournament. Yeah, no, that, was, that was, that was, that was, yeah. that was crucial. Um, so, uh, okay. So a lot to talk about before we get into talking about softball and, and everything that was covered, give us, you know, I was, I was telling Drew, I said, you, you called every game, uh, probably how many total games was that? 11, 12. Let's see. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, four, eight, 12, 13, 14 games. Wow. 14 games. Um, most with of those with the option of a 15th option of a 15th game. If if uh Grambling had uh B Prairie View, we would have been with a winner take all on Saturday. Um, so I look as people who talk about sports all the time, and we we nearly don't have as many hours under our belt as you. What are some get, give a little background to people about what you do to a stay fresh, keep your voice fresh, keep your mind fresh, but just how you see, see how Drew's yawning. So we're talking about being fresh. We can't even say fresh in a two hour show. It's only an hour in Drew. Okay. So anyway, Charles, so (laughs) perfect Drew. I'm glad you did that, but yes. How do you stay fresh, sharp, focused? Give us maybe some of your preparation tips, tricks, Things you do, because I think a lot of people who heard you all week were like, man, I listened to games probably 9, 10. That sounded just as sharp as games one and two, Charles. So even though my Rattlers were gone in like three games. Uh, but anyway, uh, give us give the people some tips and tricks. Well, first thoughts. of all, it, it's a blessing to be able to do this. So I'm blessed to have the opportunity. That's first and foremost. Uh, higher powers handling this and getting me through it. And uh, it's not easy. Um, but to stay fresh, I did something different this year in terms of staying fresh that I hadn't done before. You know, a few years ago, someone said, man, get up in the morning, get you a good breakfast, full breakfast, and you'll be ready to go. I, over the last couple of years, I thought that was probably a mistake. First of all, in Gulfport, there's an IHOP right next to our hotel. And I went to the IHOP and got a full breakfast, three or four pancakes, three or four strips of bacon, an omelet three or four glasses of sweet tea. I'm loaded up at 7.15 in the morning. Now, the ballpark is like five minutes from from the IHOP. So I get to the ballpark about an hour and a half, 
I'm full. I'm good. And until, you, you got the black man disease? Uh, until, until that disease kicks in. <laughs> and it kicks in, trust me. It kicks in. He got the itis, y'all. He caught the itis. <laughs> the itis. You're exactly right. The itis kicks in. You can get through the 9 o'clock game. You got the adrenaline going. And by the way, I am a believer in adrenaline. My wife doesn't believe in it. I believe in it because there's been many a time in which you're sluggish getting to the ballpark and then you put the headset on and it's just, it's different. You're just, because you're doing something that you enjoy, so you get through it. But that itis kicks in probably about 1230. So you got through the first game. Then fourth inning of the second game, that's when it all just kicks in. And for about a two-hour period, it's all downhill. You are sluggish. You're sitting there. The food is sitting in. It's sitting on your stomach. And, you know, you can get up in between half innings, but that's not going to do you any good. You got a one-minute break to do what you need to do. And so you're about an hour and a half of a sluggish period. And then you kind of get it going again about three or four, and then it kind of carries you into the rest of the evening. But I made that mistake for three or four years, and I said, you know what? I'm going to do something different. I did fruit, a couple of scrambled eggs, a couple pieces of bacon, and the SWAC does a great job, by the way, of providing fruit, those granola bars, those energy bars, uh, the little uh, candy bars, chips. That is actually what got me through it because that's light. You can do that. Now, they will feed you one good meal midway through, you know, one, one day they had fried fish or fried chicken or baked chicken, stream beans, macaroni and cheese. I mean, they they laid it out. You know, they'll do that once a day. Trying to put yeah, you but to I, could, I couldn't eat that stuff. I couldn't do it. So that's what kept me fresh, you know, not eating a lot in the morning. Now, at night when you leave the ballpark, you're starving because you, you haven't had a chance to eat. So that's what got me through it, the fact that you ate light early to get you through the day. And then, of course, at night, you know, you're on your own and you just load up then. But that's how I was able to do it. And it actually worked this time. So I'm going to use that for the baseball tournament in Atlanta. Just just not much in the morning, load up at night, get you a good night's sleep. And I know that's hard to do. When we were doing the Black College World Series, we were on what? Five or six or seven hours. It was a 12-hour day, wasn't it? When we were, I think a 12 or 13-hour day. Yeah. So, um, you know, you, you you couldn't go out and party and do whatever it is you wanted to do at night. You had to go to the hotel, get you something to eat and lay it down. But so that's how I was able to uh, that's how I was able to get through it. It worked. It worked in Gulfport this year and it'll be I'm going to try it going forward. But, you know, as far as bits are concerned, you know, I get to the uh, ballpark a day before. So for each team, you get one hour of practice and then you get 30 minutes in the uh, in the cage so you got an hour on the field and then you go 30 minutes into a side cage so it's kind of a rotation that the swag has everyone has a certain time uh to do what they do so i have an opportunity to talk to the coaches i've talked with vernon bland talk with our coach um just you get a chance to talk to all the coaches in their moment at practice and just kind of get a feel for where they are and it helps you determine where you are and then just the stories flow you know, just knowing what Prairie View went through two years in a row and the adversity, 0-19, two years ago winning the tournament, tragic loss of life and another seriously injured player. So they kind of went through a lot of emotional stuff. Um, you got first-year coach and Coach Fernandez at Alcorn making a deep run, disappointment for Alabama. And so you kind of know this and following softball early in the season and throughout the season. So it makes it a little easier 
and you follow these teams all along the way because you're following the ebbs and flows. So it makes it easier. But when you're calling every pitch of every game, you know, you have to you have to shut up when you can because you're, you're going to need your voice later on for some of these uh, tougher games. And it got tougher, especially the last day when you had the rain and it backed up a game and then you had to come back and do a couple of games, you know, on Friday. And that's when the tournament ended. But, uh, you know, you just have to just pace yourself. You can't overdo it. You can't underdo it. You try to be as prepared as you possibly can and just just do the best you can. But following the teams all throughout the year really does help you because it fills in a lot of gaps and you understand a lot of the ebbs and flows. Hey, Brian, before you go, I want to address Edward Boyle's question. Uh, Edwin, would you, if you call it a game by yourself, it don't matter what sport it is, you have to strategically control your liquid intake so that you can uh, go to the bathroom between games because you don't have enough time between innings when you're by yourself. Now, if you have a partner, yeah, one of y'all can take over the, uh, the mic while the other one goes handles his business for a minute or two. But when you're by yourself, you got to plan accordingly. Well, Leah, there's, there's a, a one-minute break. Okay, so the breaks are one minute. So you gotta you gotta get up and do what you need to do and get on back out there. And, and if you watch a baseball game or listen to a baseball game on the radio, when they come back out of a break, you don't always hear the announcer coming right back. There's always that ambience if you listen to baseball on the radio. And there's a reason for it. You wanna you want the fans to enjoy that ambience. And then sometimes the announcers are doing their thing, whatever that may be, bathroom, whatever the case may be. That does happen. Mother nature calls. So, that, I mean, that's that's a part of it now. For ES, When you're watching games on ESPN, no, there's very little time. And that's why in a baseball press box, the restrooms are so close to the booths because you walk right outside and the bathroom's right there. You get back and do what you need to do. But it's a one-minute break. Now, for the big networks, it's probably two minutes or three minutes. But for us, it's one minute, and you just have to you have to try to control your bladder and try to control your liquid intake as best as you can. And it got warm as the tournament went on, so that was tough to do, but I was able to get through it. Yeah, I, I, stories, it, it, I think that's one of the, the great advantages that you have is that you cover so many of these teams, or at least half the bracket you know, you're very familiar with because of your ability to cover them. And 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 again, uh, let it be noted, folks, Charles is one of the few, uh, and Alcorn is one of the few schools that has somebody that is dedicated to covering all of their sports, or at least as much to all of their sports as possible. I, I will forever beat the drum and ask, why don't every school have that? But that's another show, another longer topic, okay? Another longer argument, but that is the fortunate thing for Alcorn. And then you're able to, uh, uh, you, you're able to have these stories. Um, and, and no, and that helps. I think whenever you can get people familiar with these kids, because we don't know these kids, you know, and I, I think there is such a poor job. A, again, I understand why, but it still doesn't have to be that way. There's such a poor job of letting us know who these kids are. Um, and I think the more we can make the the players and the stories relatable to the fans, it brings us into the game. Um, so, like a lot of the things you mentioned regarding preview, I, I I didn't know. You know, I mean, and if it didn't appear on one of the the few sites that cover HBCU sports, or it just maybe it happened, it was covered, and it just you know kind of went over my head and forgot. 
So it does, it does, you know, a lot of stuff. But um, I, let me. I, there are a lot of things I want to ask you, Charles, or, or we, that we want to get to. But let's just talk on the field for for a second because we just saw the softball rankings come out, and I want you to talk about preview for a moment. Um, the seeding came out. Preview is in the Baton Rouge Regional. Uh, yep, uh, LSU is the 10 seed or 10th ranked team. They are the one in the regional. Omaha is two. Louisiana is three. Prairie View is four. What are the strengths of Prairie View? What, what are their strengths? And if we are to have hope and believe that they can do what many don't think they will, which is to come out of that double elimination of regional, how are they going to do it? Pitching. Pitching. Um, Helny Gonzalez, they've got the arms to be able to hang. What I uh, well, first of all, let's go back to the tournament. What I saw from Prairie View, and I've seen it two years in a row now. If there's one word, and I was texting Carlos Brown this the other day, and, and it's just unflappable. This Prairie View team is unflappable, and it starts at the it starts at the top. It starts with their coach Vernon Bland. He's a Prairie View A&M graduate. He's been with that program over a decade. His first base coach is assistant coach, who he calls himself an analytics assistant. Because he's heavy in the analytics. He's got a little orange card that he has in his hand. He's got tendencies for every SWAC team. He keeps those things all year and kind of studies the ebbs and flows. So they're kind of analytically driven. And But Vernon Bland, it starts with him. Unflappable. I mean, this guy's about 6'4", 6'5". If you watch him, he, he, he doesn't get too rattled. You know, I was talking with him last year. He said, man, I'm from Chicago. He's a Chicago native. I'm from Chicago. I've seen it all. I, I mean, there's nothing that there's nothing that I haven't seen. And you can kind of tell that in talking to him. Um, but his team doesn't get rattled. I mean, in the championship game, they were they were up for nothing on a grand slam, and then Gramlin comes right back, and then Prairie comes right back and win it. Um, you know, late. They just they just weren't rattled at all. And that's the one thing about Prairie View that I like about them. But it's a whole different animal when you go to the regional. Last year, they were in the Oklahoma regional. You know, Oklahoma's got one of the best teams in the country. LSU's got one of the best teams in the country. They played number one Oklahoma at home early in the season. I think it's a great trip. I mean, last year they went to Oklahoma. This year's short trip to Baton Rouge is going to be tough. But if there's one thing that I like about them is their pitching. They've got some pretty good pitchers. And I think they're just resilient. They just grind and claw, and they don't get rattled. They're unflappable. They're going to have to have all of that because when you go to the regional, and I've, I've been a part of it even in baseball, things are going to happen that, that you don't see in conference. The strike zone gets squeezed a little bit, and so you got to keep all that stuff in mind when you're playing in the regional. So I think if Prairie View just stays within themselves, do what they do if they get solid pitching, and, they, and, and Helene Gonzalez kind of gets off to a good start, I think if their bats wake up and they use their speed, which they did against Grambling, uh, to help win the championship, I think they can hang in. But it's going to be tough. That LSU LSU's, LSU is one of the best teams in the country. I saw them when they played Oklahoma. It's going to be tough. But I think Prairie pitching is going to have to hold fort and keep them in the game until the bats wake up, until they get on base and be able to manufacture some stuff. Okay. And, and did I hear that uh, their Prairie View is a younger team? Like they have a lot of – uh, there, there's there's not a lot of seniors on this squad. Was that correct? Did I hear that correctly somewhere? I, I heard that somewhere. Yeah, they. I mean, they've got a veteran team. So you know, they won it two years. This is their second straight year winning the tournament. So they've got the they've got the tournament pedigree. I mean, it's a difference, Oklahoma and LSU. But I think 
you know, somebody was saying after the game the other night, maybe the Texas regional, you know, going to Austin, uh, that was just something I heard in the wind after the game. But LSU, that's not bad. You know, very short trip from Baton Rouge to, to Prairie View, four hours or so. Your fans can get to you. But uh, I think it's that's a good regional. It's going to be tough. But I think Prairie View, if their pitching can hold for it and if they can get on base and make LSU's defense work, they can't afford errors. They can't afford mistakes. Um, it's just a margin of error is really small. But I think pitching is going to be the key to keep them, to me, pitching is going to be the key to keep them in the game in that LSU and against LSU and in that regional. Okay. Drew, uh, do you want to jump in with a question or do you want me to, I got an, I got another uh, question regarding the, the broadcast that a lot, that someone had brought up as well. well. I had a couple questions before, if you don't mind. Go ahead. All right. Uh, question number one, Charles, I want to talk about the uh, SWAT softball schedule, specifically about the regular season softball schedule. Now, in the SWAT, you can take this for both baseball and for softball. There is no crossover where so, at some point in time during the season, maybe halfway through the season or a third of the way through the season, where you see East play West in baseball and or softball. A, do you think it is something that would be good for the SWAC if they were to uh, take some time to have a crossover? But B, probably more importantly, considering how jam-packed the, uh, the schedules are, is there really a space for an event like that in baseball and softball? We used to have it in softball called the uh, the softball roundup. Um, it would be the matchups that you're talking about. Um, I believe it was in Hattiesburg. I can't remember where. It's, it's been a few years. But the, it was called the softball roundup where you did see those matchups East versus West. Um, but I think once Bethune and FAMU got in the conference, I think that all went away. And I don't know if the concept uh, really stuck. I mean, we had the roundup for many, many years. But I think the concept just kind of faded away a little bit. And But I would love to see that um, just as a softball fan because th- these are matchups that you don't see until you get into the tournament. Now, I will say that early in the season, you know, in February or so early in the year. Teams go out to play each other, but it's not like an official right. swag thing where everybody has a uh, – people strategically schedule games against, against the other half. But, I, you know – both baseball and softball, but like you say, with the schedule, with those two additional teams, unfortunately, it just seems like there's just not enough weeks to to get this done. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think softball played every week, every weekend they're playing. Um, and it used to be, I think you had, when you prior to Bethune and Florida and m coming into the conference, you had at least one weekend off as you cycle into the second half of the season. But I think once, once – Bethune and fam, you got in the league. I think all that went away. You're playing. You're pretty much playing every weekend, with the exception of the weekend before the tournament. And you use that as a makeup. The conference really cracked down on these games not being played. They wanted everyone to have all the games in, so you had a makeup on during the middle of the week. But yeah, I, I think that uh, you know for baseball, um, you baseball is a little bit more open to playing those crossover matchups like Alcorn baseball play Jackson state. I mean, it didn't count as far as the standings are concerned, but you know, just to have that matchup, you know, Alcorn Jackson, big rivalry anyway, you know, one year we went to Jackson and I think this past year, they, 
they came to us. So I, I think in baseball, it's a little bit more open for that. And even with the uh, MLB Urban Invitational, you'll see that in New Orleans. But for softball, I, I, I can't see it unless it's a midweek situation and it won't count in the standings. So it's just a matter of just, you know, playing the games, getting some swag competition, you know, just getting the fans involved and excited about it. But as far as it counting, I don't see that changing. I think the divisions are the divisions. Um, I don't I think the coaches may talk about it, but it's going to take a little work from coaches, ADs, as well as the SWAC office to make that happen. I don't think that's something that would happen, at least in the near future, in the near term, maybe down the road. But things have to change as far as the scheduling model and things will have to really change up in order for that to happen. But as of right now, I, I don't see that happening in baseball or softball. Speaking of baseball, let's switch over to baseball, Charles. We uh, kind of put the SWAC softball tournament to be. We've got the baseball tournament coming up uh, in, a, in a week and a half. Now, anybody in HBCU baseball knows that Alabama State is the hottest team in HBCU baseball winning like nine of their last team. Matter of fact, I believe they won. I believe those nine are all in a row if I from my numbers correct. But the Hottest team that no one else, that no one is talking about, not named Alabama State, is Grambling right now. Winners of eight of their last team, and also a team that's quietly sneaking up on everybody is Jackson State. So, here's the question, Charles: Can anyone challenge Alabama State? in the SWAC baseball tournament. We've seen what they have done to FAMU and Bethune the last two weekends. We know they've dominated Jackson State. So can Grambling get them? Is it somebody else who could sneak and get them and possibly knock them down into the elimination bracket? What say you, uh, Charles? Well, there's one other team you forgot in, in that, in, in the who's hot list, it's Southern University. Yep. The, yep. The, the Jaguars, and I have to admit that. Brothers won five of their last ten. but they Seven, in a, they Seven, Seven in, a in a row. Seven in a row. Seven in a row. Seven in a row. And I think everyone just kind of threw Southern in the trash can um, a month Southern ago. Southern tournament time is the one team I Don't do not it. want to face Don't Don't in the it. tournament. I've already said that. Brian knows how I feel about this. I do not care. Alabama State would be the number one. Right now, Southern will be sitting in that number four slot. Your reward for being the number one in the East is playing Southern in the first round. <laughs> that is not the matchup that I want to have in the tournament. I'm sorry. I'm saying especially after last year's 14-inning epic between those two teams. Well, you know, this year you talked about all the teams that are hot right now. Um, I think that's going to lead to even a more exciting tournament. You know, Alabama State to me, and I, I just go back to their previous coach, Merville Melendez. He set the template at Alabama State for what it takes to win the tournament. Now, they always didn't win it, but he believes, and Coach Vasquez, who took over for Coach Melendez, believes in you can never have enough pitching. And even if you look at the championship game last year, there were some arms that Alabama State barely used that he could have used against Southern University. And I think at the end of the day, and I've said this for years, in my opinion, for what it's worth, 
it's hard to slug your way to a tournament championship in this league. At some point, you got to get pitching. Pitching and defense is what wins in the postseason. And Alabama State has that. They've got arms that they can throw at you from, from anywhere. They've got the quality and quantity in pitching, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I was asked yesterday on Carlos Brown show who could challenge them, and I think Bethune Cook. But I think the East, I've said this in the past, the Eastern Division is more arm pitching heavy. The Western Division, to me, is more bat heavy. Grambling can slug. Prairie View can slug. Southern can slug. Texas Southern's got some pitching, but they can slug. In the East, you've got FAMU with some more pitching. You've got Bethune Cookman with the arms. you got Alabama State with the arms. I think Jackson State, they're, they're getting hot now, but they've struggled pitching. They can always score, but, but when you get in that bullpen, it just all falls apart. So I think as far as Alabama State is concerned, if they get solid pitching and they're only using a couple of starters, a couple of arms throughout the tournament, and then once the championship round rolls around, if they get there, there's going to be arms you hadn't even seen. And so I think that's what helped them when they beat Southern for the championship last year in, in some respect. And I think they've got it again. I think that they're the team to beat, but you got some teams that are red hot right now. And as a former coach told me, and I said this on the broadcast, it's a softball quote from a softball coach. He said, hey, man, when you get in the tournament, all bets are off. Doesn't matter what's happened behind you, it's what's in front of you, which is getting it done in Atlanta. So I think there are some really good teams. A lot of teams are red hot, as you talked about. It's a matter of which team has the pitching. When you get in some of these teams' bullpen, it all comes apart because they're just not accustomed to getting that deep in the bullpen once you get in the tournament. In conference, you get a little bit deep into it, but not, you know, I, one of the coaches that, that we played said, I'm looking for a third starter. Now, he might have had his, he might have found his third starter right now, but a few weeks ago he was scratching his head like, I need a third starter. So you got a Friday, Saturday starter, but then that Sunday starter is not quite as good. I think a number of teams have that issue. So whichever team that's got quality starting pitching, deep pitching, quality and quantity in the bullpen, that's the one that's going to come out of the SWAC tournament. Alabama State was that team last year. They just outlasted Southern. They just had more arms. Will it be the same case again? We'll see. But I, I think Alabama State's the team. But I would say Bethune-Cookman is a close second. And, uh, you know, we'll just see how, how it goes from there, in my opinion. So, so Charles, right quick before I turn it over to Brian, Final Four in the SWAC tournament. Will it be Florida a and Alabama State, Bethune, and Southern. No, it can't can't be Super Bethune and Southern. You're pushing you're pushing for the final four already, Drew? Man, we're not even at the regular man, let the wow putting Charles on the spot already. Wait, I, wait a minute. I don't think mathematically it can be Alabama State and Southern. One of them would have to lose if the matchups hold as they are. I would say so you got the one and four. Now now it's gonna change. One east, four west. Possibly. Yeah, because right now, I mean, I looked at the standings a few minutes ago, and Southern is red hot. They've moved up. Texas Bayview has dropped. Um, I would say Alabama State. I would say Grambling, number two. Um, I would say number three, Florida a and I think sneak, in a sneaky way, Brian, your school is – they were very close last year. They just – again – Pitching. They ran out of pitching. Ran out of pitching. I was there. I was there. So Florida, so Alabama State. I think Grambling with their with with their bats. Florida A and M, 
And look, I've always been a believer in the tournament champs. You can't count them out until they're knocked out. I'm going to go with Southern University. Go ahead, Brian. Uh, just to, just to kind of set, because, you know, just the standings after the games that were played today. Right now in the East, Alabama State, winners of 10 in a row, are in first place. Bethune is in second in the East. Uh, they dropped the last game. Florida A&M beat them in the last game, but Bethune won the series two out of three. Uh, A&M is reeling. I think they've lost now eight of ten, uh, if I'm not mistaken. It, it's a it's a bad swing right now. And and they got Alabama State to close. Uh, anyway, uh, Jackson State is in the four spot. They are 12 and 15. I, I think I think the East is set. I, I don't. Unless somehow Florida A and M were to sweep, what was Florida? Florida A and M was now what seventeen and ten. They are. Uh, let's see. 10. Yeah, they're so uh, they one can, and a half Jackson games State behind can, Bethune Cookman. Jackson State cannot so, catch them. No, Jackson State is not going to catch Florida A and M. Jackson State is locked in as the four. Bama State is the one. The two three may change based on this last weekend series. I who does Bethune have? Um. I was just looking at the schedule here. Um, Bethune, this upcoming weekend has. I want to say Jackson uh, State? Jackson State. Bethune has Jackson State this upcoming weekend. Yeah. Basically, basically in order for FabU to jump Bethune, they They need to sweep Bama State. They have to sweep Bama State. State, I think. Yeah. Bethune is the two. Yeah, I, I agree. But those are two. But here, here's the thing that interests me now. Okay, so you have a situation where the teams are in, um, your your eight are in. The question is, do you really, if you're Jackson State or Bethune Cookman, do you matter? Does it matter to you if you're a two or a three going into this this weekend coming up, and you get ready for the tournament? I mean, it's one thing if you're trying to get in the top four. It's another thing if you're trying to win the division. But if you're sitting at two and three, can't drop to four, you're just kind of in that in that cut, knowing that the tournament is what everybody talks about, what fans talk about, what ADs talk about. How much are you willing to to throw out there? How, how many arms are you willing to – are you willing to go with your number one? Are you willing to rest a little bit? You're willing to go with your number three? I think that's an interesting question as we get ready for Atlanta. I mean, because if if you, if, if you don't really care about it, you just want to have a healthy team. Because baseball's a grind, man. It's fifty plus games. You got these midweeks. Oh, yeah. You're trying to gr- you're trying to have as healthy of a team as you possibly can to get to Atlanta. And so, how much if you're two or three can't drop, can't move up? How much are you gonna put into that? Uh, it, here's the problem with that, though. Because of the way the West standings are, where Grambling is, I think Grambling's locked into the one. I think Grambling has secured the one. But two, three, and four, that could flip based on this last series this weekend, uh, realistically. you know. And I think UAPB plays one of these teams. I think it's Southern this upcoming weekend. So, and UAP, just they just beat Grambling like 18-8, to eight, if I'm not mistaken, today. So, you know, Southern, Texas Southern Prairie View, that's the current 2-3-4. That right. could change. That could change. And 
See, this is this is what I think the disadvantage of rarely if even if you play these teams on the other side, maybe once, like in one of those classics at the beginning of the year. You, how, how do you how do you you know, other than just scouting and seeing what you see? I mean, how do you how do you prepare? How do you how do you prepare a matchup? I think you just worry about your team. Yeah. I think you rest the guys you got to rest and maybe you try to put in those struggling pitchers. Is give them some confidence, and you just say, "Hey, I, I you know, you need to start getting ready because we're gonna need you." You know, yeah. you know, maybe yeah. you give, maybe you get a, a few extra bats to some guys who, you know, rest some guys who got little tweaks, and see if you can, you know, have them ready for the tournament. I think you just worry about you. Well, if you look at the standings in the West, the difference between the two seed in the West and the four seed in the West is a game and a half. Southern at 15 and nine at the two seed and preview 13 and nine four seed right now. The difference is a game and a half. Now there's a disparity in the number of games that's right. being played and the conference right. is cracking down. Now the question is going to be, how are you going to get these games in? Because there are some games missing here. Yes. So, so there's, there's, I mean, you got Pablo up at 27 games. They've got three more. You got 30 overall. You got Grambling with four left. You got Southern with six left. You got Texas Southern with, at least right now, nine left. You got Prairie View with eight left. So how are you going to, you know, the conference cracked down on softball and really making these games, making sure these teams made these games up. The question is, and again, I don't know if these are updated standings that we're looking at, but yeah. how are you going to make these games up here when the tournament starts in a week and change? How are you, you going to do that? So I, I think that's going to be the other interesting question here do team does it does it really matter? I mean, if if you if you're Southern, you're hot. You want to stay hot. You want to keep playing, and you got an outside shot to win the West, considering the struggles that you've had early on. You might want to go for the gusto and try to win the thing. Uh, Grambling is sitting there, but Southern Southern is is doing well. I tell you, the one team though that's not going to probably make it, UAPB Carlos James. You talk about a story. I give you a story. Last year, Carlos James wasn't on the side, wasn't coaching because some complications COVID wise, he was not coaching. And you look at him now, he is, he looks terrific And his team is, even though they're not going to make the tournament, this team has gotten off the mat and they're, they're causing havoc. They swept us and, you know, they beat Southern two out of three at home and that, that's hurting Southern right now. You look at the standing. So that, that's just another side story that we won't talk about too much because Pine Bluff's not going to be in the tournament, but, uh, I just think that with all these games left to be played, I just I, I think if you're in, you're good, but you want to be as healthy as you can going in. Texas Southern Preview, three, four, you know, all corn plays at Texas Southern this week, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'll be there for that. So I'll get a chance to look at Mike Robb's team as they get ready for the tournament. But I think that uh, for Texas Southern, they just want to stay healthy. I mean, their team, Mike, Mike Robb is a tactician. It's hard to figure him out. But you know what you're going to get from Grambling and Southern. You're going you're going to get teams that can score a ton of runs, and they got some speed. But Texas Southern, I think, is more arm heavy this year. They might not score as many runs, but they got the pitching. So I, this is just many of the story, one of many stories that you have to talk about during the baseball season. Because you know, if you don't get it done in the baseball tournament, especially if you're an early out like Jackson State was last year, um, I think that you know it's going to be talked about in another light. But you know, hey, Gremlins hot. You got a bunch of hot teams. AD Drew, you brought it up. And I think that's going to be a great, great stories 
going into the tournament. But FAMU, you know, no one's talking about them, 17 and 10. You know, their assistant coach, Brett Richardson, the third base coach, was uh, the head coach at Alcorns. I know him well. Um, so I'm just, just another story out there. But just, you know, FAMU, I think, is sitting in the cut. Uh, but Bill Cookman's right there. So, hey, just one of many stories to talk about. I did reach out to the conference office a week ago. And from what I was told, the the conference wants these teams to make up these games, especially if seeding is a factor. They they want these games made up. Now, yes, it's going to be challenging to try to get it done. But I, I, I will not be surprised if you see, for example, a lot of these games are being Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Will not be surprised if you see some teams playing on Sunday, having to travel somewhere on a Sunday, even if it's a neutral site. I don't know, but I, I think there's a there's a short window. Well, I think the conference too, it's not too late to uh, do a midweek on Tuesday, Brian. Uh, I, you're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, and I would not be surprised at all if either Tuesday or Sunday, if the conference is telling somebody. Because everyone right now should have had, should have played 27 games. But obviously, I mean, Southern has only played, by my count, 24. They're missing a whole three-game series. Uh, I don't know who it's against. I think it's Texas Southern because they had an opportunity to play uh, Texas Southern a few weeks back, and they didn't. And I think they were getting ready for a Grambling, for the Grambling series. So yeah. they just kind of get, kind of forego forego that series in the midweek to get ready for Grambling. So, you know, again, I, I think you know, just hope Mother Nature cooperates. Do I honestly, in my own opinion, see all these games being played? I don't. I don't. Not with one weekend left. Uh, midweeks. I mean, you know, Roger Cador, longtime coach, Hall of Famer, former Southern baseball coach, said that we're just not built for these midweek games. I know we play them. Um, and we get guarantees out of them. We're playing midweek, but I, I, I think at this point, playing midweek games when you got big series coming up and you're just trying to stay healthy, getting ready to go to Atlanta, I think that's probably what's on a lot of these coaches' minds right now. If you have a shot to win the division like Southern University does, I think you go for it. But if you don't, then you just want to continue to play well and stay healthy. And I think that's where that's where it is there. But other than that, if you're in if there's no hope of falling out of the top four, the SWAC has always been wide open in terms of baseball. We've seen the four seeds give a push, you know, for the championship. So if you're in and you get hot at the right time, a four seed that you don't that you don't talk about could could give you all kinds of heck and could make it all the way to the championship. That's what we love about it. Some people feel like it should be that way, but I don't see I don't see the SWAC tournament going away. I think because of the uncertainty because the underdogs get it done in the baseball tournament. Like, I mean, look at Southern University a couple of years ago. Jackson State was 24-0 and 0 in the division. And look, I, hey, I, everybody said, hand Jackson State the trophy. I said, yeah, but in a one-game situation, you never know. And look at what let, happened. Let me, okay, let, that brings up a great, I'm glad you brought that up because – uh, I'm gonna. I don't know if you heard earlier. Drew and I were talking about my proposed change to the formatting of the SWAC tournament, which I think would be 
A, it would be a great reward, which is a key word that Drew touched on, a great reward for these teams. But also, I think it extends out the opportunity uh, for the better teams to, to, to showcase. Like a Jackson State maybe won't stumble in that scenario, right? So I'm proposing a pool play type format where – in the same respect that they split up the two divisions now, where you have your East East one, West one playing in on one side, and you put E2 over there with the West one and the West two over with East one and just kind of keep alternating it like that. Why not put have two pools of four, right? Everybody plays three games. The top two teams would advance to a single elimination semifinal. And then you have a final championship based off that. So now you're playing three games in three days. You don't have a, you don't have technically a double elimination, but you're, you, you, you come out of pool play, you know, just like they do in FIFA uh, or, or, you know, uh, some other international competition. And then it creates when you get to the final weekend and uh, Drew was mentioning possibly a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday with a break on Friday. Then you go Saturday, Sunday. I was talking about playing all five days in a row, but at, at least, you know, you have an opportunity to celebrate the conferences. You celebrate the game. Uh, yes, I'm aware it's going to, it's going to increase the cost, but, I mean, how significant is the increase versus what you could turn into with the revenue? Because, again, what I'm talking about is these teams, Charles, aren't going anywhere. I hate to say it, newsflash, these teams aren't doing anything in the regionals. So give them their shine in your tournament. Make your tournament a big thing. Use the, Take advantage of being in Atlanta. Market the hell out the game. Give, give these teams – the three games in three days, give them their spotlight, give them their shine on day three. You put your best. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm just, I don't know. I, I'm just thinking, I'm thinking you got to think out of the box, the limit, the, the double elimination format. And, and Drew, what is it? We broke down. They're really not. We're not really talking about a difference in the number of games, except for the, the team that goes through all the way. Please, what'd you say, Drew? How many games? Four. Minimal, take, uh, the the least amount that you can win a eighteen double is in four games. That's right. if you go through undefeated. That's Everybody right. else is playing five, six, at, at seven five. games. If they if they're going through all all the way. Yeah. So this format, minimal. Everybody's playing at least at least the top teams are playing five. The fewest games you would play is three. Mm. What's your thoughts, Charles? Yeah, that's that's uh, I got I got to chew on that one a little bit more. These <laughs> a one. I got to chew on that one a little bit more. I mean, you know, it's it's been talked about, and I mean, Carlos Brown have talked about this. You know, going through the tournament, your two best teams, you play three game series for it all. I've heard that format. Um, I've heard even reducing it from four teams in each division to three teams or two teams. The kind of I've heard that, a lot. That was, of, my, that was my original one. Yeah, the, the six I, I don't teams. six six teams. I yeah. if 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 I'm gonna, I mean, I don't see any changes right now. But if there's gonna be any, if I were just to bet 
I would say it's not going to go from four teams to two teams. I do see, I mean, I don't think it'll happen, but if there's any proposal that, that might get some attention to go from four teams to three teams in each division, because then every division series matters to be in the top three. I mean, if, 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 if you look at the baseball standings right now, I mean, what is, what, what is the top three in the East? Uh, 17 wins get you in the top three, 17, maybe 18. You can't afford to lose too many series when you're, when, when you're doing that. It will be less because you have less games, but it'll still be a lot of pressure on each series. So I, I, I like that concept. I'm going to chew on it a little bit more, Brian. But I think what, what baseball coaches are talking about, they like the format based on what I've been told, the way it is. because you, And I think the reason is because you've seen the four seeds do well. You've seen the four seeds make deep runs. Um, it's just not the top dog. It's just like SWAC basketball tournament. I mean, look at look at what you saw there. Texas Southern was 0-5 to start the conference play, and they won the tournament, barely got in, won the tournament. So that that's that's an argument that can be made there in just about every sport. I mean, the two seed in the West, Grambling, you know, pushing uh, pushing Prairie View. Look at what Alcorn did. Alcorn had to sweep Southern in softball in the final second to the last weekend of the regular season to get in the tournament. They won four games in there. So I think as long as you have that, and that's going to be a topic of conversation throughout the other sports, in my opinion, I just don't see the formats changing that much because the underdog is going to say, hey, you just never know. And that, that's it, as frustrating as that might be for people who want to see less, it just makes you want to see more because it means the – I mean, look at what we're seeing in sports overall. The number one seed in the NBA in the East, the Bucks are out. You, you see the Philadelphia 76ers are out. You see the Lakers are in the NBA final. I mean, that's what makes sports what it is. And I think it's the same thing for the SWAC. Uh, I think it's going to take a, a, a monumental shift to, to, to change the SWAC tournament format from what it is just based on what I know with some of the coaches and just the attitudes based on, you know, based on that. I, it's, it's a great concept. There's a lot of good concepts out there. But do I see it changing from the current format at this time? I don't. But there's always a conversation to be had because the commissioner is always looking to improve and tweak things to make to make things smoother and better for players, fans, programs, and, and everybody involved. All right. Um, one last thought or question here, Charles. Um, this is coming from uh, Jeremiah Clark. Okay, uh, regarding the the broadcast um, from uh, from the weekend, and question was asked Charles why the SWAT YouTube chat is never turned on. Is that on purpose or no? Uh, he points out that there were seven hundred people watching the preview Grambling. No fan engagement. He feels like there needs to be some fan engagement. Now, I, I don't think you have anything to do with the with the uh, YouTube channel uh, per se. But what's your uh, what's your take or thoughts uh, from? I mean, what you're hearing, um, boots on the ground regarding the chat feature uh, on on the YouTube page. I will say this. Email or contact the SWAC office. <laughs> <laughs> I.e., that's above his pay grade. I have, I have heard I've, I, that there has been some, you know, it's been brought to my attention um, that about the comments, the comment page. 
And I appreciate all the comments, by the way. I mean, I was trying to become a little more engaging as far as my social media questions. You know, the people can kind of contact me directly. But as far as that goes, that's uh, that's beyond me. And so um, I, I don't know. Um, spicy. I, I, oh, I don't, I don't I know. What, yeah, that's 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 a decision the SWAC makes because they control that page. So that that's a question for the SWAC office to answer. That's 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 way beyond my range. Way beyond my range. It, it can get spicy, uh, especially when you get fans jumping in there. Uh, but I will say this: it can also be helpful, as case in pointed during the SIAC. Uh, you know, because sometimes the roster reports that you get. You know, as well as you think they are accurate, sometimes coaches don't tell you when a player changes jersey numbers. And so we had that in one game, and that was how we found out that a player. That's right. I think that's right. Yeah, Yeah, that's where I was. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. We had it. We had a situation, I think, on the uh, one of the last nights, a Savannah State player was actually wearing uh, a, a, a different jersey, and no one informed. Didn't inform the PA, which thus we were in the box with the PA, so we didn't know during the broadcast. And then when someone's parent commented during the actual game, we were like, who? Who is that? And then all of a sudden you had the coaches trying to communicate to us that, hey, that's not so-and-so. And eventually we had, you know, we were able to go down on the field and find out that the player, the pitcher, yeah, the pitcher had changed jerseys. And so it was – so so that was the one time that live chat actually turned out to be uh, a, a benefit to everybody because yeah. it, it helped us. Yeah. Well, I, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, there were some number changes in the softball tournament, um, and we were made aware of it myself. Uh, Andrew Roberts, the assistant commissioner of, of the SWAC and dealing with all the, the media, um, we were we – were we, we all, the PA announcer, Jerome Blake, we were all kind of on a string. We kind of knew what the changes were. When we got the lineups, we we saw the number changes. We were made aware of them. And, you know, for me, I that's why I gave my social media information, because if there's something that I missed, and which I did miss, um, I, I think that's something that I can definitely pass along. But I, I, I do understand that the engagement, I do understand, you know, just the action and just the energy and synergy amongst the fans. Um, and so, I mean, I, I see the, the, the comments. Someone have to monitor the live chat. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there's a lot involved there. And so for me, it's just if people wanted to communicate with me, because I'm, I'm, I'm open to what's going on. If I get something wrong, you know, I, I got a comment, a text from a former softball coach about the fielder's choice. Like late in the game, there was a situation where I called it a hit and it was a, actually a fielder's choice. They changed it, by the way. It was the way it was scored. I was going by the official score and, you know, we talk about the hits and airs during the break. Is that a hit? Is that an air? We call it a hit now, but you think about it. it, it I mean, so things change on, on the fly because you want to give proper credence. Is it a hit? Is it an air? Is it a fielder's choice? So, you know, there's a guy, Allen, that works with me in the SWAC office that deals keeping stats. He's really good with that stuff. What's a hit? What's an air? What All that mm-hmm. stuff. So the SWAC, the SWAC people that were working with me on the scores and the scoring were doing a good job in keeping that up. But uh, as far as any roster changes, numbers, additions, subtractions, different numbers, if there was something I got wrong, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm open on social media. Let me know. 
it'll be the same case for baseball as well. I mean, so if there's something I got wrong, I, I don't have a problem admitting I made a mistake on it. And um, just, just looking forward to getting it right because you do want to get it right because players, parents, one thing I've learned over the years, parents are very, very, very in yeah, tune. Don't mispronounce my baby name. Right. <laughs> don't mispronounce. Is that a hit? Uh, whatever. I mean, I get it. I get it. So you want to get it right. And so yes, you do want to get it right. I, I absolutely agree. Um, I mean, again, it's a decision for the conference to make as far as the, the comment section. I did hear about it and um I just put that in the proper authorities and let them take it from there. And and speaking of somebody who's done official stats for baseball and softball, you talk about whether there was a hit, whether there was a fielder's choice, whether there was an error, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes doing the actual game, you just have to go ahead and score it. And there's been times when I've known the game has been is being streamed. I've had to go between innings, find that point on, on the stream and go back and watch it. Okay, and then I'm showing it on my phone or on my iPad. What you got on here? Let's look at this. Let's slow this down as much as we can between innings. And was that a routine play or was that a hard play? And we've gone back and changed it. Just thank God for live streams sometimes, because some, especially with the speed of softball, because they're going on to the next pitch. You don't have too much time to think about it and replay it in your head before yep. you have to get it or else you're going to be behind. Well, the other thing is that, you know, official scoring is hard because – to me, and this is this has kind of been verified, you have to look at when you're trying to score a base hit, a bang bang play at first, is it a hit or is it an error? Well, if it's a speedy if it's a speedy runner at the plate, well, she'll beat it out anyway. And they and they bobble it, you gotta you almost have to rule it a hit because it was gonna be tough to be tough to for them to get out anyway. But if you have a slow runner at the plate and you bobble it and, and can't make the play, that's probably an error. So, I mean, so you, these are the discussions that, that, that you have, you have to look at the personnel that's at the plate, you know, whether that play is a, is, is a routine play or not. I have a lot of respect for official scores because there's a lot that's going on in real time. And like you said, you got to move on to the next pitch. You got to go back and think about it. You got to change it. You got to circle that play and kind of go back. So official scoring and even parents and coaches, when you when you look at the scoreboard, it's ruled an error, and coaches are sometimes like, "What? How is that an error?" I mean, so it's there's always dialogue and debate on those type of things. But that's one of the hardest jobs in baseball or softball, being an official scorer, because it's it's subjective, it's opinionated, and uh, coaches get into it, and 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 fans get into it. It's it's a really tough job. I've had coaches send somebody up to the press box uh, sometimes. To, uh, <laughs> to, I, I, I'm serious. I've had coaches send somebody, or the coaches themselves come up to the press box. Hey, uh, hey, Drew, that should have been a hit, or that that should have been an error, or blah 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 blah. You didn't charge him with an earned run on that, did you? You know, just just to verify because those stats are, especially in baseball and softball, that is so number driven. Those right. stats. And getting that hit, error, earn, run, all that stuff uh, right is 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 key. And these right. of all sports that I've done official scoring for, baseball, not softball coaches, baseball coaches are the toughest. I'm gonna leave it right there. Well, at well at home, we've had for baseball, we've had our coach or assistant coaches text 
the official score up in up in the press box while I'm doing the game. I mean, saying, "Hey, why is that in there? Change that to a hit, whatever." I mean, so th- this is probably going on all the time. I mean, we don't talk about it, but th- this type of stuff probably happens more often than we want to know. And it, it does it, it does take you away from in the moment because you got to go back and you got to got to recalibrate. But that's that's what makes baseball what it is. That's the beauty of it. That's the frustration of it too. Trying to make sure you get everything right and make everybody happy. This is a whole podcast on official. I, you know, I yeah. look. I didn't even know it was this deep, and uh, oh, yeah. you start. It's like, wow. Well, weren't you paying attention? Uh, when, oh, when I, those, no, I, I was. But I didn't but, think it was that deep. You know, I'm serious. You know, I mean, yeah, really, yeah. wow. Yeah, during the SIC tournament. At one point in time, doing some of those games, there were four of us in the booth who actually had been official scorers for games. And on some of those uh, 50-50 plays, we were all we were all talking Great about discussion. it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we Great would have a discussion. And sometimes it was 4-0. Sometimes it was 3-1 yes. on whether there should be a hit or an error. And, and everybody had enough respect for each other, even though I was not the official scorer. There's only one official scorer. But the official score had enough respect for everybody who had yeah. scored to take that into uh, their opinion while they was doing it. And then we would come back and relay it to the audience uh, that that's been ruled a hit, uh, that was ruled an error, uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I'll admit, yeah. I, I enjoyed working in the in the box uh, with the SIC folks. I mean, that, like I said, they, uh, with, the, with, with the PA, uh, with Kent and everybody, because I mean, it, it was really cool to kind of be up there during it. And it was a working, and I'm sure you've experienced this as well, Charles. They understand that a broadcast is happening so they can kind of help guide you, and they're telling you things, uh, which help the broadcast. And again, we're all on the same page, on the same team trying to provide something to people at home who are watching and not there. Yeah. And that was the beautiful thing. That's why I really, and like I said, I tell people I couldn't imagine. I, I spent a good birthday weekend calling baseball, but it was really fun because yeah. I, I mean, I could have been other way losing money, spending money, but I, I, I was, I was doing something I enjoyed doing as a, as a baseball stat nerd and a, and a broadcast nerd. So, I mean, it was cool. But the reality is that, you know, at HBCU sports, we always talk about football. We always talk about men's and women's basketball, but we don't talk enough about baseball and softball. You know, the commissioner talked about the fact that in in Gulfport, um, he projects at the time that softball was going to bring a a million dollar economic impact to the Gulf Coast for having a tournament. I'm probably sure it's more than that now because it's been great turnout, uh, you know, since it's been there. So, I mean, so baseball and softball, I mean, moving the soft, the baseball tournament from Birmingham to New Orleans for a minute, now in Atlanta, in which I was corrected, the commissioner corrected me, the city of Atlanta wants the baseball tournament in Atlanta. I thought it was Georgia Tech. The tournament's going to be at Georgia Tech Stadium. But the city of Atlanta wanted the baseball, the SWAC baseball tournament there. So yeah. baseball has grown. Baseball's a really, really big deal. And, and that, you know, I've been doing baseball since 1993. And at that time, it was called the SWAC Spring Sports Festival. Another little nugget. At that time, you had baseball, softball, track, tennis, all in New Orleans. You had all those championships in one place. And they tried to, the reason why they did it, because instead of going to these different cities and having these different championships, you have it all in one place so you can bounce around. It lasted for a few years, and then it kind of went away. 
but just just having those championships baseball's growing softball's growing it's going to continue to grow the crowds have been great in gulfport i'm sure with the great alumni bases in atlanta for all uh for all eight schools and even if your team's not in it just representing your school i think it's going to be great in atlanta um i, I thought it was a really really smart move to, to make it there even though i will say i'm gonna throw in a little little shade i think the best place to have the swag baseball tournament and i've said this on the record Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Heinz Field. We had it there for a few years. You had the food trucks. You had the snowballs. You had the snow cones. You had the fried chicken. You had the crawfish. You had the catfish. You had the tailgating. And if you've been to Heinz Field. I have not. Where's Heinz Field? Where's Heinz Field? Oh, sorry. uh, Southern University, where Southern played the baseball games. That, to me, was the best place to have the, the baseball tournament. It was great when it was there. Uh, even though Southern struggled to win the thing when it was there, I just thought that Heinz Field was a great place because of the way the stadium is situated, the fan base, Baton Rouge. A lot of people like Baton Rouge, just the friendliness of the fans, the tailgating, the cooking, and all of that. I mean, to me, it was the best place to have. Nothing against the other places where we've been. We've been to Fort Worth. We've been to Shreveport. We've been to Birmingham. We've been to Jackson, Mississippi. The SWAC baseball tournament has been in a lot of places. Yeah. Um, but I think Baton Rouge was the best place for it. Because just it's just a great turnout and Southern fans turn out, SWAC fans turn out. But I'm anxious to see what Atlanta's going to bring. I hope a, a lot of uh, SWAC fans, HBCU fans come to Atlanta and support the SWAC baseball tournament. I'm hoping that the marketing is is good to let people know, even if it's, you know, uh, social media, local news. I mean, there's a lot of different outlets in Atlanta to take advantage of. And I asked somebody, I won't say who, but I asked somebody whether they thought there was going to be an improvement in attendance from where it was last year, Birmingham to Atlanta. And I was told, nah, I don't think so. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of, and I think that was based on SWAC fans who seem to not really value the non-football sports. You know what I'm saying? I think that, you know, maybe looking at basketball and maybe looking at all these other sports and saying, well, you didn't show up for basketball. What, you, you know, the only thing swag people show up for is football. <clears throat> I think that's where that person's thought was. So I'm, I'm hoping he's wrong. Yeah. I'm really looking I'm, – I'm literally I'm – I'm on, I'm on the – I'm in the car – Right after high school graduation, coming up to Atlanta that Friday, I'm I'm looking forward. I don't know if the Rattlers are still going to be around. Uh, <laughs> they we may pass each other on 75. I don't know, <laughs> but but I will be there. Yeah, well, I'll get to see him. I get to see him Thursday, Brian, because I'll be there Thursday uh, for the tournament. I won't be there first day, but I'll be there day two. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm really looking forward to 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 this because. Of the places, of course, Atlanta's a major market. It's been in New Orleans. It's been in Baton Rouge. Uh, it's been in Shreveport. It's been in Fort Worth. It's been in Natchez, Mississippi. It's been in Jackson, Mississippi. That I can remember. I mean, I, I might be missing a spot here, but I think Birmingham and Huntsville. Birmingham. That's right. That's right. Birmingham and, and Huntsville. I forgot about Huntsville. I forgot about Huntsville. Yeah, Birmingham. Yes, yeah, at the old Rickwood Park, and if, of course at the newer stadium there, and of course Huntsville. Um, I think if it stay if it sticks in Atlanta, I think it's going to stay there. I, I, I really do because 
you got a major media market. You talked about the coverage, Brian. Um, I think if that if that holds, you got a lot of stuff going on in Atlanta. You know, Atlanta's Atlanta. There's, 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 there's never a shortage of things to see or do in Atlanta. Uh, but I'm, I'm looking forward. You know, I've been to Georgia Tech before. Our football team played Georgia Tech a couple of times. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes. And as the commissioner said, even though it's in an ACC stadium at Georgia Tech, it's going to be surrounded with swag. So looking nice. forward. And I hope all the fans come out, HBCU, swag, otherwise, and have a really good turnout and, and make Atlanta a really special place for the baseball tournament. Uh, one question for you, Charles, from Jeremiah regarding the broadcast. How many different camera angles were there, uh, do you recall, from the uh, – I would guess four. I counted four. Yes, see, center field, it was one right to the left of me. I think it was it was four. First base side and third – four. yeah, four, four camera angles that were being I, – I, I have to say that um, the instant replays that we saw, the angles were really were for the that was part, really good. Really good. I mean, really there good. Some overturned calls. You know, yes. our coach challenged a couple that were overturned, um, and the angles were really good because the, obviously the calls on the field stand if you don't have the right angles, and, and yes. that's tough. That's tough. But I think for the most part, the angles that were used that were good, the center field camera was good, behind home plate was good, first and third baseline were good. So I, I have to commend my, my producer for that because they had some really good angles and you could really see clearly from behind home plate or whatever angles that you had, whether the umpires got it right or not. Um, Drew, I don't know if you saw this. There is, a, and you're mentioning, a, I, I think it was the, Alcorn Grambling game, I think it was, where there was a play at first base that was caught. It, uh, the first baseman had to really stretch to to get it. Uh, I think the the first base umpire called safe, and I, I happened to be. This was on Friday because I was watching with one of our softball girls, so she was watching. I headed up during lunch. I was again. I watched this game during lunch. <laughs> I watch these games during lunch at school. <laughs> but one of our softball, one of our softball girls was watching. She was there, and she was even thinking, she's like, "Oh, that's gonna be safe because it's a tie." You know, they were thinking the old tie. But I was like, I don't know if that's really a rule. Tie goes to the runner. But I was just thinking because the umpire called safe, and you really couldn't. There was it was almost a bang bang play i mean you know and so in that situation is that technically the rule if you can't inconclusive or if there's no uh conclusive evidence to overturn it that it stays with the call on the field that's exactly right you get two challenges a game and you know if you win your challenges you keep them and our coach one had two challenges late in the game against bama state won them both and uh so she she kept the challenges but yeah i, I know the play you're talking about and it was a really good angle and I have to give James Crenshaw, who's who's a, who's one of the producers. I think he he worked with you guys, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that does that does a really good job in improving the equipment and getting the good angles. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought this this year the angles were really good and the and the the coverage was really good in terms of determining safer out because if there's nothing there, you can't overturn it. There's nothing there, and there were some yeah. times in which and you can kind of tell based on the length of the replay and the reviews. You know, coaches want the challenge. And after the sixth inning, by the way, the umpires can initiate the challenge. It doesn't have to necessarily have to be the coach. But that when you saw the quick the quick replay and, and the quick turnaround, that just told you it was pretty obvious 
So, but I, I thought the camera angles were really good on a lot of stuff. There was some overturned calls. And but hey, as long as you get it right, that's all that anyone wants to know. Just get it right. Whether if you're reviewing everything, get it right. And I think the umpires did what they could. And I thought the you know replay did its job. Everybody did did their job. And I don't think there was any controversy when it came to calls. Now there's always controversy, balls and strikes. You know, some of the fans were talking about how you know they're being squeezed in in, in some instances. And you have that that you when we say squeeze, that means the strike zone is being squeezed. So I, I, I get that, and fans are going to say that, and that's fine. But uh, balls and strikes is always, you know, judgmental thing. But when you've got those plays at first, second, and third in the outfield, if, you get, if you're if you on it, you can definitely tell whether or not the umps got it right or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. See, it was interesting watching teams. You, you don't have that kind of replay during your year, but then you come together – for the tournament and everybody's utilizing it. Uh, fascinating, uh, fascinating stuff there. Uh, hey, Drew, uh, do, do we want to, can we go through the, the baseball rankings? Charles, I don't know if you want to stick around or if you got to run. I figure we got our baseball and softball rankings that we can put out there. Do we well, have- I do have to run, guys, unfortunately. Okay. I, would love, I would love to stick around. Got- on, on the next go round, though, we can definitely talk about that. I, that's all right. That's all right, Charles. Well, that's all right. Just look- go back and watch the replay of uh, later. You can see how we got everybody right. I definitely will. Uh, let <laughs> let people know where they can follow you, Charles. What's what's on your plans for this upcoming week? I'm um, heading to Houston this week, uh, Texas Southern and Alcorn. You know, one of the things I've tried to do in all the years I've been doing this, especially baseball, softball, I want to give equal coverage to the softball team and our baseball team in terms of, you know, because they're all playing – around the same time. So one weekend I do softball, one weekend I do baseball, and it just worked out this year. So our softball season's over. I got baseball this week, Texas Southern. Um, we play at TSU. It's big as far as the standings are concerned for TSU, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I'll be in Houston uh, Wednesday through Saturday. I come back Saturday night, and I'm heading to Atlanta on Monday. I'll be at practice on Tuesday, and we start on Wednesday. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But you can follow me on uh, on the socials. I'm not on Instagram. Somebody was asking me, are you on Instagram? No, I'm not on Instagram. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll get to that point. It took me forever guys to even get on Facebook and Twitter. A lot of people might not know my friend Cedric Tillman, who produces the McNair show and the Bussy show. He got me on a social media on a road trip from Alabama state. I was driving. He set me up with Facebook and Twitter on the highway. So, and I was really didn't want to be a part of social media at all, but I, I'm glad I've got it. Uh, but I'm on Facebook, Charles Edmond. I'm on Twitter, Tall Man Radio. I'm not on Instagram and all Snapchat. I'm not on those as of yet. I might get to that point. None but trouble on Instagram and Snapchat. Oh, well, I, 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 I've heard that. You don't need it. I've been nudged to try to get there. Like someone said, you don't have Instagram? No, I don't have Instagram. Facebook and Twitter is where it's at. I'm good with that. I'm comfortable with that. There you know, you I, I post a lot of, you know, all corn stuff and just some positive swag stuff, your stuff. So it's 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 good. But I'm on Facebook, Charles Edmond, uh, Twitter, Tall Man Radio. Check me out as we get ready to go to Houston this week in a big series for the Braves, trying to end the season. They won more games this year than they won last year. It's been a lot of tough losses. Got to get some more arms, and hopefully we can uh, stir things up and make it a little difficult for Texas Southern this weekend. All right, if you guys are at the game, make sure you give uh, Charles a shout-out. Uh, follow him. Hit him up on Twitter, at uh, Tallman Radio. Find him on Facebook. Let him know you appreciate him coming on the show. Charles, great conversation tonight, man. Thanks for all your time tonight. Uh, safe travels to Houston. 
Uh, go Braves. We look forward to seeing you in Atlanta. All right. Man, good good job on the coverage of the of of the uh, of the World Series. Look looking forward to watching a lot more. The home run derby. You all had the home run derby? I remember doing that. Bye, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> bye. Bye. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> Charles. Let's go to break, man. Let's go to break. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, all right. Hey, only one, I think there's one person in the chat who knows why we're laughing. That's right. <laughs> Let's go to break, man. Let's go to break. Right, I gotta quick, get my composure. Quick break, then we come back with the top five rankings. You're watching the BCS in Sports Rap. We'll be back in just a moment. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Uh, I'm Brian. That's AD. I cannot stop laughing right now. <laughs> I, am, I can't even bring myself we, to we be. We did mention the game, though, Brian. Huh? In all professionalism, we did mention the game. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, all right. So we've got top five rankings, baseball and softball. Um, Division one. Is still playing, Correct. but for the non D one, this will be our 
crown a champion, show you who the champion is for the BCSN top five. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's start with let's start with uh, D1 softball. D1 softball. So in the hunt, D1 softball again. Um, this is practically over, but not quite over uh, because these teams are going into the uh, tournament. Uh, in the hunt, you got Bethune, Cookman, Tennessee State, Alabama A&M, Howard, Florida A&M, essentially your six through 10 schools. Grambling State ends their season number five, 33 wins, pretty impressive, 33 wins, uh, 18 and 11 in SWAC play, lost in the uh, SWAC championship game. Uh, North Carolina Central, the MEAC champs, um, you know, found a way to win. 19 to 33, they'll be playing in the Athens Regional uh, this upcoming weekend. Uh, so, congrats to North Carolina Central and their first ever MEAC title. Alabama State. Comes in at number three, finishes with 30 wins, 30 and 21. Number two, Morgan State. They finished as the one seed in the uh in the in the conference in the MEAC. Unfortunately, lost two games right out the box, and they're done. Uh number one, Prairie View AM. Uh SWAC champions back to back years. They're in the LSU regional. Uh they'll be playing. LSU, who's uh, the 10 seed. And so they're they're still playing. So only two teams are still alive there. Prairie View and North Carolina Central drew. Uh, and you can see the point difference. Uh, I got a feeling we'll be crowning Prairie View A&M champs here pretty soon. The rings have not been ordered, but they have been sized. <laughs> well said. All right. Let's go to non-D1 softball. And these are the final rankings for the year. Non-D1 softball. Uh, congratulations to all the softball teams that were a part of our non-D1 this year. Um, number 10, finishing the year, Jarvis Christian. Number 9, Winston-Salem. 8 was Miles College. Seven was Lane College with 35 wins. Uh, really impressive year for Lane. Look forward to seeing what they do with that going forward. Uh, number six was Albany State. Finished 27 and 16. Now the top five. Final top five of the year. Claflin finishes with a 32 and 12 record. Another team looking forward to seeing what they do going forward. 18 and four in conference play. Very impressive. Stillman College had a great season as well. Uh, 36 and 17, 15 and 12. Very hard conference that they play in. Uh, congrats to Stillman on their season. Three is Tuskegee. Finishing the year 25 and 19, 18 and 6. Uh, lost in the championship game, correct, Drew? Lost in the championship game. Made it to the regionals because the team that they lost to, Ever Waters, was not eligible to go to the regionals because they are still a provisional member of Division Two. Okay. When did the regionals start? The regionals are over. 
They're over. They, okay. So yeah, over. they lost. They lost both of their games, eight to four. Ah, okay. Well, congratulations on a great season, all the same to Tuskegee. Ironically, they lost both of their games in the SIAC tournament, eight to four. Oh wow! Well, that's true. They're that is true. Crazy. Yeah, the two games that they lost to Edward Waters were eight to four. Oh man. Yeah. We lost you, Brian. I said, don't play I said, don't play eight and four on the pick two in Tuskegee. <laughs> find two number. Find two other numbers. Two exactly. Yeah. Number two, Bowie State out of the CIAA, 35 and 14, 18 and 3 conference play. Um, how did Bowie's season end? Uh, they were two and barbecue in the regionals. Okay, CIAA champs, but they got there. So, yes. uh, any idea were they close scores? I eight to four is pretty close. I don't remember what Bowie's scores were. All right. So our number one team, Edward Waters University, E W U. Look at that. What do you know? Uh, right graphic this time. <laughs> Forty three and seven. Twenty three and three. Wins the SIC uh, again. Unfortunately, could not, you know, could not go forward into the regionals uh, despite winning. Great discussion that you guys had regarding that as well last week. I really enjoyed the uh, back and forth that you had regarding that. So, uh, congratulations to Edward Waters, our uh, BCSN 2023 non-division one national champs. Uh, congratulations to Edward Waters. Uh, continuing to do big things out there in Duval County, Jacksonville. Watch out. All right. Baseball. Any, any, if, you any, go, if you go to the next slide, you can see the actual – there you go. Okay. Okay, there's your, there's your five. The there, traditional so. five, yes. Okay, traditional five. Edward Waters, 43 wins, seven losses. Pretty doggone impressive. Again, uh, a handful of teams that won 30 or more. Uh, including uh, Bowie State, Stillman, Claflin, and Lane. I think those were the only four that won 30 or more. So, yes. Yeah. All right. Any any other final thoughts regarding softball, non-D1, or even D1? Put a pin in it. Put a pin in it. All right. Moving forward. Let's go to baseball. Here we go. Uh, Division one. There's one more weekend in the SWAC. Uh, another weekend, I believe, in the MIAC as well. Excuse me, the NEC. Oh, excuse me. I'm the NEC. I'm sorry. Thank you. We talked about that. I forgot all about that. But I don't think we have any of those schools anywhere. This is practically a a, a SWAC, and we, you know, anyway, in the hunt, you got Southern. Well, you got, There's you got one. There's you got one in, in the hunt from the CAA. Jackson State, Prairie View, and Maryland Eastern Shore. There's your in the hunt teams. NEC, Maryland Eastern Shore. NEC, thank you. Good Lord. All right. Number five is Texas Southern, who dropped two spots from the previous poll. Florida A&M holds steady. They they finally won a game against Bethune-Cookman, but uh, still, it's a bad streak that the Rattlers are on right now, bad losing streak. Um, Grambling jumped three spots. Now, these are games played through Saturday, so this doesn't account for Grambling's loss today against UAPB. 
Uh, Bethune stays at number two despite losing the last game of their series against uh, Florida A&M. And then number one is Alabama State, who have won 10 in a row. An amazing run. Are you talk about getting right at the right time of the year. Good Lord. Ridiculous. Uh, anything you want to add in that? Got a lot of hot teams right now going into this last weekend and going into the SWAT tournament. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be fun to see when these hot teams bump up against each other. All right, now let's go to the non-division one. This, as we said earlier, this will essentially wrap up the non-division one uh, baseball rankings. Um, so let's start with the 10 to six non-division one. This is teams in the division two and NAIA. You've got Jarvis Christian at 10, Kentucky state at nine, Bluefield state coming in at eight miles college at seven and Edward waters at six. All right. Number five, woo winners, uh, winners of that very big game in 19 innings. But coming in at number five, Florida Memorial. And again, 22 and 24. Congratulations to Florida Memorial on a great season. Again, this is a rankings based on, uh, Computer results and wins and losses, strength of schedule, things of that nature. Nothing more, nothing less. Number four, West Virginia State, 28 and 22, 22 and 12 in conference. Number three, Talladega College, 28 and 18 and 1. 16 and 8 in conference play. Talladega, when are they moving D2, Drew? Uh, they they are beginning officially beginning the transition because I believe all of their sports are done now. Beginning next season, they will begin their three-year uh, transitional period. Mm. Minimum three-year transitional period. Minimum, okay. Yes. Number two, Savannah State. 33 and 14, 29 and 9 record. Uh lost in the not quite the champ, but finished finished third in the SIC tournament. They lost in the championship game with the SAC. Mm, oh, that's right. They were. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I, that's right. They lost. Yeah, they were the SIC runner up. I, I was trying to I was trying to think about who was where. Yes. Okay, interesting. Oof, Jesus, Drew. Uh, this is going to be interesting. All right, that makes the number one team in the final BCSN non-division one top five, Albany State Golden Rams. Finished 38 and 11, 32 and four. And if I'm not mistaken, Drew, they were number one wire to wire in our rankings, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? You are not mistaken. Wow. Um, what an amazing baseball club. 
And and uh, honestly, they were never challenged, to my knowledge. Yeah. Um, it, it took uh, it took five hours and four minutes for Florida Memorial to beat them. Um, it it took uh, it took a lot to beat this team. And I mean, there were teams along the way. Obviously, um, what uh, Savannah State in in the SIC. And, and the, the games that they lost in the SIC tournament were one run games. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Spring Hill in a one-run game. Yeah, I mean, it took a lot to beat this team. I mean, this was a uh, they they were one of the one of the best teams in uh, in HBCU baseball. Um, you know, sometimes the wins and losses don't always produce on the field, but uh, for for what we do here, they uh, they definitely are one of the one of the best teams, uh, one of the top teams, and it should be. Uh, recognized. So congratulations there to Albany State. And there's your final rankings again. Well, you look at the points, look at the metrics, wasn't even close. Wasn't even close. The body of work from the entire season, Albany State, uh, 38 and 11, 62.24, you know, Savannah State, Talladega, West Virginia, Florida Memorial. And, and this is what, you know, it fascinates me, Drew, because, you know, we've done this now enough. You know, there'll be a lot of complaining. Yeah, as it's it's happened before, where you know our number one doesn't necessarily match up with the with the poll uh, or or other you know entities final final thoughts. But I, I think I I'll always stand by the numbers. I'll always stand behind the way we do this top five rankings and let the let the field performance and the record and the strength of schedule it it evens out at the end of the day you know it usually evens out at the end of the day yeah and you know it's that age-old debate Brian and it's the same debate some people have had about the celebration bowl as far as is the celebration bowl a bowl game or the bowl game same thing with you know, with some other events that are out there, you know, and, and, and it's tough when all those, when those type of events do not include the entire pool of teams that had the opportunity to play in it. West Virginia State did, does not get to play in certain events right? because of their conference schedule. But that's no different than A&T, Tennessee State, and Hampton not getting to play in the Celebration Bowl. So when these when these models are put together, Brian here at the Black College Sports Network, this is a discussion that we have with people, with our team, to make sure that how are we going to account for that one factor that some organizations – recognize and do not recognize no disrespect to them everybody can do what they want to do but at the black college sports network with outside of the conference tournaments we're treating all other games equal mm-hmm. all right um 
been a long show, Drew. I know we started late. Uh, appreciate you uh, doing that for me. Uh, that was on me, folks. So we yeah. started late because of me. But uh, we, have, we have a whole graphic that we're not even gonna get to tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll have to hold. We'll we'll talk about uh, uh, APRs next week. APR? Uh, not our APR. <laughs> what did I say? I said, no, I said APR. Oh, oh, yeah, it, it, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, those of you who want to have a deep dive conversation or discussion regarding APRs, uh, store your questions and be ready to bring them next week. Because I did some uh, deep diving into the numbers. Yeah, Drew did some deep diving, so we'll make sure to save the graphics. We'll lead the show, unless there's something else that happens, but we'll lead the show with APRs next week and kind of just have a discussion a frank and honest discussion about do do you care I, i'll just ask that do you care and Brian, if you Brian's do, if, taking you, if you do why Brian's taking the do you care thesis i'm taking these numbers mean something you you may not like what they mean you may not care what they mean Brian. But as a stat nerd, these numbers are telling us something. Uh, I, hey, okay, let's. I'm, I'm all for it. If you, if you go, I, that's why I said we'll start the show that way. That way, we're fresh, and we're <laughs> we're not an hour into the show trying to talk about stats that may put people to sleep. So, just giving <laughs> you guys a heads up. Uh, APR conversation at the beginning of the show uh, next Sunday. Uh, bring your questions. Bring your thoughts. Final and, softball uh, rankings should be coming out next week. Then that leaves us with only one ranking left, and that'll be baseball mm-hmm. on the Division One level. Right. So we get ready to almost get it done. And, and also, maybe we should have some. Now, track is still a couple of weeks away from track. Regionals, yeah. NCAA yeah. regionals, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. So almost done with the with the athletic year, Brian. Yes, we are. We're almost done with the athletic year. Uh, it's coming to an end, pretty much. Uh, congratulations to all the graduates across the HBCU diaspora uh, who graduated. Uh, really enjoy. That's the one cool thing about the past weekend on Twitter and social media, seeing all the graduates, uh, the different, just all the different stuff and the stuff that just comes with graduating. You see the student athletes, you see the the, the 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 law students, the the the, the general studies students, the business students, the communication, the, all the different the the students who are part of fraternities and sororities strolling while they're in there, uh, capping gown. Oh, I love it all. I, I love it, man. It, it just uh, it brings a good good warm glow over me when I think about just graduation season. So I just want to say congratulations to all the graduates. Can, uh, can, can I throw one more group in there, Brian? That everybody oh, sure, yeah. out? What about those student assistant coaches and student assistant trainers and everything who uh, the coaches have been so gracious to spend that extra, give them that extra money so they can go ahead and finish up the, that degree when they were a couple, may have been a couple of hours shorts as the eligibility ran out. Shout out to them for finishing the task. And for all for those GAs out there, that's grad assistants out there who get about this much of a stipend 
and still put in the hours that the uh, other coaches do while taking classes. Shout out, shout out to those who those unsung people in the athletic in those athletic departments trying to, for some reason, Brian, they want to they want to go into this profession called coaching, where you only get hired to get fired, but it's something about the thrill of being a coach that you can only equate to playing. So. I'm done with that. Shout out, shout out to all those student assistants and grad assistants who uh, walk across those stages also. All right. Um, again, just to let people know, again, the NCAA Women's College World Series bracket, the 64 teams are set. Uh, the regional action will begin May 19th. Uh, Prairie View is in the LSU Regional they will take on LSU, and then on the other side is Louisiana and Omaha. Omaha, Omaha. Uh, that is – and then, of course, then there's a winner's side and a loser's uh, elimination bracket side. That's how that's set up. Uh, again, LSU is the 10th-ranked team in uh, North Carolina Central. They will begin on May 19th as well against Georgia. Georgia's the 14 seed on the other side of that regional, Virginia Tech and Boston University. So let's see whether North Carolina Central can keep some of that magic that they've uh, bottled up and and put in, and, and poured out all over that softball diamond in Norfolk. Let's see if they can keep that going. All right. Um, so, again, North Carolina Central, congratulations to you. Congratulations to Prairie View A&M. And that's going to do it for uh, this show. Uh, Got to give a thanks again to uh, uh, Charles Edmond. And if you guys are in the stream, if you're watching us on YouTube, if you're watching us on Facebook, hit the thumbs up and the like button, if you would, before you check out. Uh, please, we're almost at 2,000 followers on the YouTube channel here. So if you're watching us on YouTube and you're not subscribed, be the person that sends us over to 2K, okay? Uh, we'd really appreciate it. All of the shows that are part of the Black College Sports Network appear on our Jericho Broadcast Network's YouTube page, MyJBN1. And uh, you can find all of the shows by downloading the Jericho Broadcast Network's app on the Google Play and Apple App Store. Just search MyJBN slash MyBCSN. And uh, also go download the BCSN pod zone. All of the shows that are part of the Black College Sports Network appear on the BCSN pod zone. Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeart, Amazon. Uh, I think I already said that. Uh, Apple, Google Podcasts. Everywhere you listen and download the podcast is where you can find uh, that show. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. You just saw Edwin. Yes. <laughs> anyway, it's a different world out here, brother. That's all I'm going to say. And on that note, beautifully said, True. On that note, uh, happy Mother's Day again. Uh, happy Mother's Day, everybody. Mom. Happy Mother's Day to uh, all, 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 all my sisters and the mother, the mother of my children and everybody else out there. Well said. That's going to do it for uh, 
For AD Drew, I'm Brian Fulford. Make sure you find us on Twitter. Uh, you can find Drew at BCSN Drew. You can find me at DRB365. Tuesday night, Dr. Cavill's inside the HBCU Sports Lab right here, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central, Tuesday night. And then on Wednesday, the ONG Strike Zone. And then uh, you can catch uh, the second lecture of the week from Dr. Cavill on Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central as well. Carlos Brown comes on Saturday at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. So that's the lineup. We're looking to add some more coming up in the summer, maybe the fall. We'll see. We'll let you know. That's going to do it for tonight's show, guys. Did he ever make the APR uh, this, Brian? I bet you it was like a nine ninety five. dollars <laughs> Smart. Let's get this show and get out of here. What was the nickname, what was the, what was the nickname for Hillman? Would anybody know? What was the, I would have, have to go look that up. I do not remember what they were. Next week. What was the mascot name? I know they were. I know they were in Virginia. That's all I They had a sports team because I, I remember know. that episode. Wasn't Ron like on the basketball team or something ridiculous like that? Or Sinbad banner. was the uh, coach or something. Yeah, he was a Sinbad. Yeah, Sinbad was the coach of something. So we got to find that out. What was the nickname for uh, the Hillman mascot? Yeah, we got to find that out. All right, research let's pick project. Up. <laughs> yes, research project. Let's pick up and get out of here, Drew. All right, guys, be good. Be safe. Peace out. <laughs>